is this has been like medically proven to be like an actual way to like feel better is to just like put on the music and like dance it off. But what if you hate dancing? Like, it doesn't I, matter. It's not about like because mostly like you hate dancing because it's weird to do in front of people and it's like just whatever. But, but like, like no, I like I never have the urge to dance. But like think about it more like how um, martial arts stuff. It's like about like a movement and like exertion sure. and about like you but know that makes sense focusing I like on that. something else exactly. So like it could just be like karate so I should just like do, in the room. Okay, to so you're saying I should just air punch my yes, way exactly. out of depression? <laughs> exactly. No, I swear this is that what like Freud it, it called sublimation. <laughs> What's that, Shaheen? So what Freud called sublimation. Oh, really? Yeah, his idea was that the entire civilization is based on trying to sublimate our sexual and aggressive desires. So I should sexily in, punch the air. Into these Freud various things like sports. Things, huh? Into like, you know, sports or like surgeons might have a desire to like cut flesh or something. Interesting. So everything that we do is just trying to stop us from touching our own privates or someone else's privates. <laughs> or slicing yeah. people up. Which, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Getting inside one way or the other. Okay. Let's... <laughs> uh, all right. Let's start this fucking show. Welcome, everyone, to May We Geek Again, uh, episode number 45. I cannot believe that we are at episode 45. I know that it is not as exciting as, say, 50 or 100, but, you know, it's it's a lot further than I thought we would get. Half round. Um, what's that, Shaheen? Half round. Half round? Yeah. Um, and we are covering uh, the 100 right now, episode... Seven of season five. Today I am joined by Shaheen and Bubs. Hi guys. Hey guys. Hello. Um, As always, you can find us on Twitter at May We Geek Again. You can send us an email um, at May We Geek Again at gmail.com. Where else? We actually got, okay, so this is like a little bit of housekeeping. We actually got like a really, really nice, um, well thought out, very lengthy response to our pod um from a lovely facebooker um and we were going to discuss it on the episode but we're a little bit short on time today and we've also had some other really nice feedback from other listeners so we're going to try to put together um sort of a an ad hoc podcast where we kind of you know really deep dive into these subjects and and responses that that all of you guys were so nice to send in. Yeah. Um, Thank you for writing in people like it's yeah, very it flattering to get any kind of feedback. I know, like it's, I actually got into a nice discussion with someone else on Twitter um, yesterday and we disagreed on things, but we were both adults and it was nice. Um, so yeah, they actually, wow, they actually agreed with you guys. In the real world. I know, right? It's weird. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, thank you guys. I mean, I always thank you when I'm wrangling, but um, today I'm not wrangling. So. Oh, so I, is that a nudge for me to be more polite? <laughs> I think Joe is very polite. <laughs> No, I have. I think I've said in the past that I think we both suck at this. So. <laughs> but that's our brand. That remains I know, right? Point. It's the brand. You guys totally. are on brand. Oh my god, such a brand. Um, all right. Thanks so, for writing in, guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for 
not turning it off immediately. Thanking, thank you for thinking about it and thank you for writing us. So yeah, so we will address these, I promise. Um, all right, let's get into beverage choices, I guess. Um, Shaheen, what are you, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking my tea that I brewed. Microwave um, or, or old school? No, old school. Okay, um, okay. I brew a, a teapot in the morning and then I drink it throughout the day. Um, oh, like my garbage know. French press. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you reheat it or do you just drink cold yeah, tea? Yeah, I mean. Are yeah. we talking about real tea now? I never know. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking so about actual tea or drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know, Bubs. No, never I mean. Know. Yeah, no, we're, our euphemisms don't go that deep. About, <laughs> it's not that deep, anything. Bubs. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Bubs? What are you, what are you drinking? No, I'm talking about tea. Um, oh, so <laughs> this is a really like a treat for me since I am in San Diego right now. Um, in New York, you cannot go to the grocery store and buy booze apart from like beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I was all frantic because I had to finish taking my notes but there's, like, other things I had to do. And my mom's like, well, I, I'll, I'll drive you. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. Drive me. Um, I have to pick up wine and all these other things. And she goes, okay. And then she pulls up to Target, which is they, they like, opened up a Target at the mall that's, like, down the street from us. And I was like, why are we going to Target? Like, I, I need to go to, like, the wine store. And she looks at me. She's like, they have wine at Target, you dumbass. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, right. This is California, the land of dreams, where you can go to Target and buy wine along with, like, any other thing that you oh, need. Oh, weirdly. So we have weird blue laws here. Um, but you can buy wine and beer at Target. You just can't. Like, all hard liquor is relegated to liquor stores that are oh, no, also we, closed on Sundays. The wine was next to the tequila and the vodka and the gin. Oh, well, yeah, because California, I mean. Woo, woo. <laughs> so wait, so what did you end up getting? Oh, so I got this thing called Prophecy Ooh. from Marlboro. It's a Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh. Did you yeah. put ice in it? I didn't. I had time to, like, put it in the freezer. Oh, um, but I am sipping out of this. Um, wine sippy cup that's like the most adorable I, I'm totally stealing this when I go back home <laughs> but like it's like the inside of the sippy cup is shaped like a wine glass but it has like a sippy cup top so you can't spill it you can't spill it I'll send you a picture this sounds delightful <laughs> it's amazing it, it, I really want to get one for like everyone that I know um, because it's like it's game changing why not just use a regular sippy cup um, I have a sippy cup at home that I stole from work because I'm like, this is what I need for my bed wine. Um, but it, it, it ended up being like a big like disaster because it was just a really bad sippy cup that would still somehow leak. I'm really not sure like what's going on with it. But this one, this one's like legit. Um, I'd like to get back to bed wine. <laughs> um, is that not something other people have? Um, it's like, I- it's like bed cheese, like Tina Fey's bed cheese from 30 Rock. Okay, I mean, that's fair. Like, my girlfriend does um, bed bread. Bed bread, yeah. Bed bread. All right. Now that we've wasted 14 hours of dicking around at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> sorry to our listeners, maybe Shaheen will cut some of this. Um, let's get into talking about the actual episode, 507, Acceptable Losses, written by Jeff Vleming. Um, and Is he new? Yeah, he is new. Not new to TV, but new to the show. Okay. Um, and then directed by uh, Merzi Almas, if I'm butchering her name, I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> what were your guys' overall takes with the episode? Uh, let's start with you, Shaheen. Um, I noticed that 
this episode might be one of those that can be called filler. Um, I feel like we can't use that term this season. Like, we call episodes filler, and then so much shit happens. I mean, it's like, you know, quote, nothing happened, end quote. Like, there's, other than the the USB drive or whatever, the eyes. And the worms. And Maddie. hacked. Um, But I I was just going to say, I actually, I really enjoyed the characters' interactions and, like, the fact that they were given breathing room, breathing room to um, sort of just roll around in the gooey mess that's the consequences of their actions. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I feel like there there was a lot of stuff piled up that had to kind of unfold and, you know, move further before anything more substantial can happen. But yeah, I I still kind of one question that I feel like we haven't stopped to ask is like why is there war at all between them? I still feel like and it's sometimes brought up it was brought up in this episode um I I don't still don't understand why they're fighting like they can just live in that valley, I don't know, like um it, so that was I didn't know where to bring that up. Maybe we can bring that up when we talk about Breaking the cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about what about you, Bubs? Um, I again, like I talk about this all the, t- all the time, but how like pacing is so important for me. Um, and this episode, once again, you know, we've had like perfectly paced episodes this whole um, beginning of the season. Slash, we're at the middle now. Um, and so, from that perspective, like I think that the season's going to be really rewatchable. Which is always appreciated because I know that I'm going to go back and rewatch it a shit ton of times. Um, Can you explain what you mean by that? Perfect pacing? Perfect pacing, it's, um, so, I, it's, it's really hard to explain, but basically. It's a feeling. It's a feeling where that a lot happens, and you feel like by the time you get to the end of the episode, it's been this whole journey that, like, so much has happened that you want to go back and, like, rewatch it. And um, spend a little bit more time with all these little moments that happened. Um, versus when I talk about, like, bad pacing, it's, like, a, a show where, like, you remember, like, two main things that happened and, like, some downtime. It, but it just kind of felt like it, that's all that happened. All that That's all. Like, it, it just feels, like, very um, unfulfilling. Um, unfulfilling time spent watching something. Uh, versus this... The season has just been like everything's everything is fast, yet there's somehow still time to have those like soft moments between characters that really um, push the character moments forward, which is really important because they kind of sh- shit the bed on that last season <laughs> um, and for a few seasons before that. So it's I mean, it kind oh of depends God. on what <laughs> it kind of depends on what you care about, right? Because like, like I was saying, people can say that in this episode and in the last couple of episodes. Nothing much happened in terms of like actual, you know, movement on the ground. Um, it was more mostly just people talking. I, I think it's still independent of pacing, though. For example, when uh, Clueless is always held for being like amazing pacing. Um, but you know what? Nothing fucking happens in Clueless the entire movie. Like it's all just very banal, like life slice of life type things that happen. But it's an excellently entertaining movie i think you just got our 90s movie reference i was actually really yes. worried that i wasn't going to come up with one <laughs> we're just done let's just you're let's welcome just and it's call like, it a fucking day it's great a stuff 
Um, but you know, people use it in, in film school all the time as an example of just like perfect pacing and perfectly crafted movie because it is. Oh, now the phones are getting great. Um, and so I, it is still like, I actually Googled pacing to try to like better explain it. And then I forgot to read the article. So I'm sorry I'm not like better like explaining why it's awesome. Um, but yeah. I wonder if they have a new editor this season. Yeah, like, I, mean, I need to look at the I don't credits. That. Yeah, like because a lot of you know a show comes down to how they edit it, and so I mm-hmm. wonder if they kind of shifted that up a little. Um, I would say for for my thoughts on the episode, um, the one thing that like really stood out is that this was a weird episode that we kind of saw everyone's like the show is always about perspectives, you know, and it depends on your perspective, blah blah blah. But like this was a weird episode in which like we brought up like a lot of like old wounds but in in a way of just like everyone is right like jasper was right humanity is garbage bellamy like is wrong getting called out for killing indra's people like i mean you're you're right clark and human trials also right kane sending down kids to earth like also right like it was just kind of a lot of airing of dirty laundry where you're just kind of like they have a point I have commentary on a lot of it, but I okay. think that we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of easy to call out hypocrisy, in other words. It's like, everyone is a hypocrite, so, like, everyone's just calling each other out, and, yeah, they're all they're all right about the hypocrisy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was a lot of calling people on their, on their bullshit this episode, which was kind of nice. Um... Yeah, so let's let's get into. Do you guys want to start with one crew, or should we start with the um, sexy Legis? <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'm okay with either. All right, let's let's go with one crew. Um, let's let's see. I think I think the first big thing that I've got. Um, let's talk about Jasper's letter. I know that that's kind of like a downer to start on, but like it's up at towards the top of all of our all of our notes. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you guys, or do you guys want to start with something a little bit more lighthearted? Like, I guess we can start with Harper Watch. Um, <laughs> she got she got some lines. She got some lines, but the part that was really like weird to me was that Octavia and Indra did not acknowledge her at all, right? Because she's a ghost. She is she a ghost? Is she a ghost? <laughs> it was very here's, like unsettling. Here's my other theory. We do not see Harper and uh, Jackson at the same in the same episodes. They might just be the same person. Huh? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, the, I don't know. The the thing with who we do and don't see every episode is kind of weird. Like Indra was completely absent the past this last episode, but they at least explained it and said that she was. What did they say? In, I think they said that she was like in the infirmary or something because you know she inhaled glass, but she was fine this episode. Oh, that's right. Oh, good thing oh, I didn't, I forgot about that. But I was really worried about the whole glass in the lungs because I love <laughs> Indra. Fine. I want her to be here forever. She's fine. Yeah. For now. <laughs> For now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree. Like I want her in every episode. Andrew's I know that this is mostly this, this is mostly like contract and whatever, right? Yeah. But, well but yeah, and like I'm glad that she's in it. This as this many should, episodes as she's in. <laughs> I she's like been great this season. Um I feel like this might be a well actually in terms of Harper's makeup and 
hair this season. Like, she does not look like somebody scraggly and haggard hiding in a bunker. Like, it almost looks like she has her own quarters where, like, she goes back and it's, like, Marie Antoinette level, um, like, extravagance where she, like, gets her hair curled and does her makeup and everyone else just looks dirty and sad. <laughs> Is that... Am I the only one who knows Are you talking that? about Harper? Uh, yeah. I mean... Clark's mascara is always on point. True. Okay, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can just uh, lead in from Clark to giving Monty the letter. Let's, now that we've done a little bit of lightheartedness, now let's let's bring it down. Um, Shaheen, you said, I'm going to say Jasper was right and Bubs is going to say he was insane. Yeah. I, I mean, would not have said insane, but continue. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I don't think Bubs and I have ever gotten um, into this debated jasper and i think like we did it, we have mm-hmm. um hmm. <laughs> but we can okay. debate it again well because i remember me saying that like yeah jasper if you think about it is totally right and then like uh next episode bobs comes on and, and she's like um yeah obviously he was ill he was mentally ill and he can't make Good decisions. Everything he says is null and void. Um, well, it's through a compromised lens, is what I say. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I, I think that yeah, he is. There is nothing irrational about what he said and what he did. Like his letter, it is just proof that he was right. Uh, that humanity is garbage. Yeah, I mean, at least in this version of the world that they created. Um, I disagree. It seems like there's no, like there's, like I said, there's absolutely no point in fighting, um, but they can't stop fighting. And so there's, yeah, everyone who said, no, it'll be better and all of that was full of shit. <laughs> I mean, they do seem to kind of fall back into a pattern, but it was kind of nice to have Jasper's letter as a, hey, remember that this shit is still happening and so kind of giving them a catalyst to you know quote unquote try to break the cycle which do we think that that's going to work uh do we think that these are best laid plans do we think that Juan Heda is capable of fucking shit up but also not well, going to war i mean again it depends on what you think causes the cycle god damn it if you think the cycle is caused by something that you can just get rid of um then it will be easy to solve but if you think it's just innate it's just inherent in human nature to be this way then there is no breaking the cycle it's just gonna it's not Octavia. the problem is not octavia the problem is not any particular person you know and you know in in our real world um this is just the world of the story but if you think about the real world i mean you can see in some places where there have been multiple um opportunities to have like a more open society and apparently people of those places just can't deal with that shit they just they want some person they want someone to tell them what to do um because they end up at the end of the day having some sort of king or emperor or something up there um well for organizational purposes it's it's easier. I to... mean, some some places just seem to just want uh, an authoritarian system over their heads. 
some cultures i don't know um but i in any case like if you, it's not any particular person like you can get rid of that person but someone else will replace them um or it will be total chaos or you know whatever like when the dictator is not there it's just always war so there is no point um <laughs> well i think it's interesting like that kind of almost ties in a little bit to to what we see later on with Gaia and being like, you know, I'm going to serve Octavia faithfully as, as long as she is in charge. Um, but you know, the, 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 I still believe in the commander. So it's not even that she doesn't want a leader and doesn't, you know, think that Octavia, um, should sort of have her own successors. Um, but that she has this loyalty to one person in, in sort of biding her time to serve another person. Like you have this sort of ideology of, again, like a, a dictator or, author, you know, some sort of authoritarian power. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, it depends. And this is a, a fictional world. So you can in this world, you can create whatever assumptions you want. Um, but it seems like. Um, it seems like people just want to fight for no reason. <laughs> And I mean, you have two, you, but your choices are to say, okay, life is good and worth living even with all this fighting. This is just a part of it. Um, or you have to admit that it's not worth living. If you think that the only way it's worth living is if we stop fighting. Um, so I'm just saying there's nothing irrational about choosing one or the other. Um, it I think it's like myopic right. to say that Everything is terrible, and this is just going to keep happening. Um, I mean, to be fair, though, like, they just got to the ground, and already they're planning a war, like... Yeah, but it's like, if you I look at the circumstances, like, it's very specific st- circumstances. But the that whole are, show is it's always very specific yes, circumstances. Yes, of course, <laughs> of course. But, like, the thing is, like, you have so much more evidence of times when things were not like this, you know? There's... Yes, right now it's like, and if you want to say that the times that I'm living in is not compatible with how I want to live, to me that's rational. To say that humanity as a whole is always like this, et cetera, et cetera, and that's that's like picking and choosing a specific view because you feel a certain way, and that's all you can see. I mean, so yes, I would, I would say that, that your, your proposal that it is myopic, yes, except given all of the evidence that these characters have, that Monty has, that Jasper had, like, is it myopic if they're like, you know, like you want to back up and back up and back up and back up, like to try to see the whole picture. Well, every time they back up and the whole picture is still just bullshit war. Like how, and yeah, they were I mean, already in the real world. In our world, if you're talking about 2018, the the truth is that um, if you look at a longer time interval, um, you'll always see that you know violence has gone down. And um, this this was your this was your New Year's pod telling us that everything wasn't terrible or as terrible yeah, as we I mean, thought. Standards of living have <laughs> gone up, and violence has gone down, and That's people right. live in more peace and everything. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, so it depends on the world that you live in. The The world that Jasper seems to live in, it doesn't, they don't have anything like that in the recent history. Um, 
it seems. Um, the last things that they know about their history is that they were fighting even before things fell apart, even before the bombs, right? Yeah. I mean, and we got Apparently a little bit of that like, with Shaw talking But they about. lived pretty peacefully yeah. on the Ark. They just, like, fucked up. Well, they lived peacefully on the Ark unless you fucked up, in which case you were killed. Which is, while it's not <laughs> violent... Oh my God, Bonsai has shit to say. What do you oh think God. about Jasper Bonsai? He's just, he will not, like, relax. <laughs> Does he need to poop? No, he already pooped. No. Is Timmy stuck in the well? Well, no, it's, I think a treat fell under the bed and he's, you know. You monster. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. You are the worst. Have fun editing a lot of dog shit out, Shaheen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope that it's, um, that it can somehow connect it. Either that or leave the dog shit in because, you know, it's funny, I guess. <laughs> okay, Bonzo, there isn't anything in there. <laughs> Sorry. Bob's is such a goddamn liar and Bonsai knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his, his nose has, what, 2,000 more, um... Smell, smell things. He's like, there was a treat there three years ago. <laughs> you fucking it's probably monster. Ad- accurate. Um, all right. Do we do we have anything else that we want to say about Jasper before we kind of tra- move Monty into um, the worm yeah. stuff? Yeah. I have one really quick thing. Yes. Um, I love that there was a callback to Jasper because, yes. again, like so many times you forget people who died. But like I will forever hold this spot that like Wells – was like fucked over. Like oh, they for remembered sure. Finn more than Wells. And I'm like, Finn was nothing. Like, how <laughs> dare you? Um, and so I always have like grief about that. And also like they're doing it again with Jaha. It's like it's like, what's it called? Um I'm not saying they're being racist, but it's it's unfortunate. But you are saying that they're being a little well, bit racist. It's it's like unfortunate um implications is what I would say. That's, that's, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think given what what was happening on screen, it makes sense to not have talked about, like, necessarily Wells. But I feel like Jaha should come well, up more often in terms of, like, Right now, right leadership. now, yes, not talking about, not talking about Wells makes but sense. The because they the show. already forgot him for the entire show. Um, but they should have talked about him, like, a million more times throughout the show. Jaha so, now. It's like, why is Clark not like, hey, where's Jaha? BTW. BT, right? My <laughs> godfather slash the person who raised me next well, to my parents. Two things are also, those two things are also related because uh, as long as Jaha was on the show, he would talk about Wells. Sort of. Um, so with, but, with Jaha, Wells has died? But when he died, yeah, I mean... Jaha would only come up in the sort of big picture kind of stuff, and the big picture has changed so much now. But he was Clark's, like, godfather. Like, he was there her entire life. Like, their families did everything together. So for her not to even be like, hey, yo, where's Jaha? (laughs) Well, yes. It's yes. Weird. I mean, it's so weird. so at the at the con that was canceled that we were all supposed to be at this weekend, they were actually going to have Eli who 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 played Wells there. I was and like on the about it. <laughs> on the one hand, like I'm like, "Yay." On the other hand, I'm just kind of like, "It's been 5 years and you were in 4 episodes." It's true. And honestly, like where I'm just kind of like, 
I mean, great Wells fans, great. Like, you would have had a great time. I'm just kind of surprised. Like, it was kind of like a her. No, but we've discussed this, though. We discussed this because, so, in fan fiction, in Bullark fan fiction, Wells is always a thing. Like, always. Wells is very, very, very rarely, I don't even know if I've ever read about him yeah. in Flex of well, fan because fiction. Yeah, in, well, because in fic, our, like, rarely ever who the hell is she is Anya. Anya's never, like, hardly ever in Bullark fic. So, like, if if Anya were to be at a convention, like, wouldn't you be, like, thrilled about it? Well, yeah, but that's because I love Dishen from many, many, many other things as well. And Anya was, like, a sassy badass. And Well, but, like, Wells is awesome, too. <laughs> Anya was more substantial in the story and it was in more episodes, I think, than... Was she? Was. Yeah. We saw her. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, and she, she was like in more than three episodes, right? I think so, and wasn't killed by a child. So I'm just well, saying. well, she was sort Wells. of killed by a shot, a child. Okay, I mean, <laughs> oh, sad. oh, wait, no, she was shot. Never mind. I thought Clark killed her for two seconds, but I was wrong. Oh no, no, anyway, no. they they, they yeah, had gunshot wounds. Yeah, she got shot because of um because they were covered in mud. Bird, um, yeah, Commander Bird's order. Shoot on sight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think she's in that many more episodes because she was in the the bridge episode. She was in the the kidnapped Finn and Clark episode, and then the in the mountain where Clark ran into her episode that then ended up with her killing. But I don't know what was in between that. I don't know. I don't know. Point is. We didn't get a con this weekend, and we, we could have all we could have all met Wells. Um, <laughs> let's move on to talking about the worms, since that was sort of a as as you put in your notes, Bubs, a Chekhov's worm that we thought was going to maybe pay off a little bit later. Yeah, um, I thought we'd forget about them before they came back, but no. Hey, <laughs> hey, here's the worms. Uh, yeah, I did mean, it make it anyone else hungry way. for spaghetti, or is that just me? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was just me. What were you going to say? It didn't come up in the way that. Joe was suggesting, I think, Joe, you were suggesting that the one worm that Clark put in that jar would somehow come in handy or something. I, I'm I'm happier with the way it came up in this. I mean, it, it's it more of a surprise. It was more of a surprise. And, like, honestly, I was sitting there being like, that's not a bad plan. Like, much like Indra being like, this um, is fucked up, but it's not a bad idea. When, when Cooper was like, they can't survive. And I'm like, this is a great plan. They have to do this. Like, <laughs> This is like it'll suck that Raven's gonna die, but like apart from that, like, and Echo, and eh, Echo, eh, eh. Dioza, I'm sad about. Eh. Now I mean Dioza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so let's let's talk about whether it's a good plan yeah. or not. Uh, but I I also want to talk about this. What uh, Bob's had in her um, overall take bullet points that we I don't think we ever talked about is Octavia really Are you just shaming my moderating abilities? Did you just like low-key <laughs> call me out? No, I mean this is a better place also to talk about it. Is, is Octavia really unreasonable in any way? Right? And yeah. um, I'm, you're saying you're struggling to see the villain in Octavia. I think that like to be fair, Capital Chick planted the seed because I think that I was before this I was like, yeah, Octavia's being kind of cray-cray. Um, but this She's week, eccentric. Like, yeah, well, this week, like, the fact that she, um, oh, my God, Bonsai. <laughs> um, 
she when when Bellamy that whole scene with her and Bellamy I was just like fuck you Bellamy like she's reaching out to him like Indra called her out on something and then she's like okay okay like I okay fine like this is what I want I want us to get to this land everything when we get there everything's gonna be fine and then Bellamy has to be pissy and be like that's oh what we God. said when we were coming down to the ground you know what like I, I so many that's like shut up um so many times um, we were told that Bellamy is going to be like more head over heart. You know what? Like he's more bonehead over anything right now. And it's, it's really frustrating. And I just like, I I find nothing of him attractive right now. And I oh, hate it. Oh, shit. I hate uh-huh. it. It's just like, what, you, what the fuck is going on with you? Like this is, you know, we talked about like, is Clark regressing um, because now she's just caring about this one person, which I don't think it is because she's never had this kind of relationship with another person versus Bellamy has. And he learned how to like move through that. But now Bellamy's back to like just caring about a few people and like saying dumb things and not reading the room. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like it, the last episode, as much as I hated certain aspects of the last episode, um, I, I can't say that it wasn't Bellamy, you know? This episode, I'm like, I don't get what's going on. And I, I really did struggle with who Bellamy was in this past episode more than any. Because of his interaction with Octavia? With Yeah, with her, with, with everybody. He just, he, you know, Bellamy's always been so good at reading people. Like, that's been his gift forever. Um, is he kind of gets the way that crowds react, um, how people react. Um, he's so good at motivating because he understands people. And then he's just kind of like, when he like goes up to Indra and everyone's like, well, but is that, the you know, he needs to be careful with how he approaches Indra because of history, which the fact that they brought that up, I have to talk about it somewhere else. But like, that was bullshit. Um, and yeah. Well, and so Shaheen, what were you, what were you going to say in terms of, of Octavia? Um, well, so, I mean, I. I don't know if Bellamy could have done better in that particular interaction with Octavia. Um, and I didn't feel like Octavia was reaching out in that conversation. She, she just seems set in her own way. No, she, she reached out. Like she wanted any sort of feedback or yeah. But anyway, um, but I, I, I think that Octavia, I clearly think of her as um, just like, yeah, beyond, beyond um, sort of justification. Um, and this is kind of interesting because she brings up the whole there is no difference between us kind of argument that that we also talked about last time when Bellamy was making this argument about Echo. Um, and this is interesting because I think Bob's agrees with me about Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing with, with Octavia. Is like, um, I don't think that saying that you're doing it for your people has ever been the reason anything has been justified. But here, I mean, it's not thing- about power, though. It is about survival. You know, their their farm is on its last legs. They need to get to this valley where Dioza fucked them over. You know, she's the one that screwed them over. Octavia didn't deny any plans. She got fucked over by Dioza. And so now she's still trying to get there. She has this delivery system um, which we even find out that it wasn't even her idea to test it on living people. Um, it was shady fucking Kara Cooper. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, even if it's survival, it, this has always been the question of: Do we? Uh, is there a, a 
line, which if we cross, then, um, you know, even survival is not justified. Or are, are you willing to go? Uh, how far are you willing to go? Well, if it, to, if, to survive? If, if we're looking at um, a ship of criminals, violent criminals, we, we saw the rap sheet. It's not like we were left to believe like some of these people were like accidentally um, incarcerated because they smoked pot. It was like murder, <laughs> Listen, murder by the time arson you, resulting in murder. It's going to be legalized by then. Okay. Yeah, like, exactly. That is the one thing that I'm taking away from this show is that by the time <laughs> the prisoners were sent up, weed was at least legal. Yeah. But like, so it's, these are actually violent, violent criminals and they're holding the land hostage. Undesirables, so, as they well, might say. I won't say undesirables, but people that you can't like reason with and just say like, hey, y'all, let's just like share this land. You know? I mean, but I, I think that Bellamy already tried that. The, I, I think that the, we get lost in the sort of details of, of the situation, but there's something it, But it's about, uh, it, it's about the details, though. Wait, 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 wait. No, what, there's what something more... Sorry, what? No, no, I was just, I was, I was, I was, I was muscling in for you. Oh, <laughs> I'll be <thanks>. quiet. <laughs> um, there is something more fundamental that's unsatisfactory about it. And this is the same when, it, when Bellamy did the massacre thing, you know, there, and that has to do with something that, that is not about the end result or the intention or anything like that. It's, it's just like the difference between killing versus letting die or imminent threat versus preemptive attack. Uh, you know, defending against imminent threat versus like preemptive attack and things like that. And this remind me of trolley problems. Um, <laughs> again, damn it. The, the, the famous or infamous trolley problems. Because like you can think of like, yeah, the original problem where you have five people on one uh, track and one person on the other track. And you're like, yeah, everyone will say other things being equal. I'll choose the, um, to kill the one versus the five. Unless you're Allie, you in which case you choose to kill the five and save the one because there are too many people. <laughs> Unless it's overpopulated. Um, yeah. But but so, but so then I can immediately ask you, okay, what if there was someone standing on the side of the rail and you could just push him over onto the rail and stop the trolley? There's no track to switch, but there's someone you can push over the line. A lot How of people many people would it save? It's same, the same. Like, you kill the one person, but it will save five people. Okay. If you push that person. Um, Versus just switching uh, the track? Yeah, I mean, in this version, there's no switching the track. There's one track, but you have a choice to push someone over the track. To stop over, the trolley. Uh, in or... front of the trolley, yeah. To stop it or let five people die. Um, and, you know, a lot of people's intuition immediately switches when you ask them. Now that you have to actively push someone over someone who just happens to be there uh and something about now you we can debate all we want we can you can get into the nitty-gritty of what exactly is it about this that, that's different there's the doctrine of double intent and there's all a lot of stuff about this but something about the fact that you have to do it actively and the fact that they just happen to be there versus like in the first problem is like whatever got them on the track that's why they don't be playing now. on train tracks. This is partly your fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's location, part of the location, reason why location. they're dying. So, like, yeah, like in this case, that this person's death seems necessary in, uh, for stopping the train, whereas in the other case, it's it's uh, just the contingent consequence of what you're doing. It's not really what you. If that person wasn't on the track, you would still switch, right? 
it doesn't matter. Whereas in this, in the second scenario, you have to push one, that one person. So there's something about it being necessary versus contingent or whatever you think that the right attribute is, but something about it just feels different to people. And I think it's the same about saying, look, we have all these problems. You can list all the problems you want, but you experiment it on a live person and torture them to death. That was proactive. Flesh eating worms. Um, when you were, there was no immediate threat to you or any, you know, anything like that. Um, and that's just, that's just crazy. That's just unjustifiable. So you, the, um, the, the experimenting on, on people is the unjustifiable part. What, I mean, what I would have sedated you about them the first. Sorry, what? What, what, what do you think about the actual plan? Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it a, uh, the plan, a bus well, so problem? I think it depends very strongly on how, on the assumption that the worms are going to die before we arrive. Cause otherwise it's a terrible plan. Like Monty said, like if the plan is going to work, like Kara Cooper says it's going to work. Right. As so in, it depends on whether losses. the thing that Cooper said, how valid is that? Um, I mean, it seems like these worms survived in the desert for, for, by themselves for a long time. Um, so, but anyway, like, there's that problem. There's also, there was some inconsistency in terms of the explanations that they gave. Because when they were talking about it around the table, they were like, oh, she wants to release it in the shallow valley. Uh, but then one thing Clark said to Indro is, I think she's keeping to use them on the defectors. Or is that just, does that just mean they're going to send a defector that's, that has worms in them? But they're yeah. not. They're not sending a defector. They chose from within their army. They're going to choose, like, a trusted person to do it. So they're, it's kind of like if you think about um, when Lexa says, um, I um, have to look at my people and say, you will go into battle for me. That's yeah. basically what Octavia is saying here. Is that she's she is choosing among her own people. She's not punishing a defector. Well, and is that yeah. is, is that so not because if, one of the defectors? If the plan died? is to release it in the valley, I think yeah, it really depends on whether um, the, is there any chance that these still going to be alive by if any of them, like even one, is going to be alive by the time you move in. I mean, it takes what in they said of, forty minutes just to get there. Selfishly, Wait for oh forty minutes if they don't go all the way around. I thought, I thought there we were given some kind of rudimentary timeline, and then pair that with like what we see as like that that guy that was sleeping yeah. that they found in the desert. Once he passed out, like it took a while for like the worms to like burst out of him again. So, so there, there is yeah. like an incubation I mean, Kara period. Kara said they die within a few days, so you have to wait a few days and hope that the worms. I have died so by now. So and there's all those corpses to to eat <laughs> that whole time. Um, so I don't. I, it seems really questionable. But even if that all the mechanics of it work works, I still again I don't understand what what is the problem. Why do they have to fight? Because Dioza's not doesn't want them to. I mean, but here's here's the issue with Dioza is is as as. Um, Kane said, or or maybe it was Dioza, that they were talking about that, you know, 75% of their people are sick um, and dying. If Abby doesn't find a cure, then suddenly Dioza's lost 75% of her people. So they should just eat algae and wait them out. 
came I mean, to get, of. like, radio out to them and let them know, right? And that would solve everyone's yeah, problem. Yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like Echo should, like, sneak away and be like, so listen, hey, hold up. Abby's, Abby's a fucking junkie. This isn't going to end very well. Like, she's not going to be able to, like, like, those prisoners are not looking very good. Just, like, hang tight for another month. Like, eat a couple people if we have to, but, like, wait it out. And then suddenly, like, you will overwhelm them. Um, but I guess that they still have the issue with the, the, the missiles. But at the same time, I can't imagine Dioza would be like, well, I've lost three quarters of my people better blow up these other people. You know? Um, I I don't know. I feel like if Kara Cooper's plan were to execute according to plan, it's not a bad plan. It's It's not a bad plan. It's, it's a, it's a cruel plan. It's a fucked up plan. But it's not a bad plan. I given, mean, it's given no their worse goals. than irradiating the mountain. Or Ton DC or whatever the fuck. I mean, I guess it's a little bit worse just because it is proactive, as as, as Shaheen was saying. Again, instead all of, of these are different cases. Ton DC it's, is different it's allowing, from weather. Like, well, it's not just the fact that they do it for I think it's better than or whatever. I think it's better than Mount Weather in a lot of these because in this case, it's like humanity's survival because like they said before they how many people in among the prisoners how many are um agriculturalists how many are doctors how many are engineers how many are electricians um none of them and so to an extent if one crew were to die you know there's not a, a sure thing that these people are going to survive to propagate the human race um Versus one crew, as as cool lady as it is, does that, have a lot more they knowledge. They have a better ratio. They have a better, better uh, ratio. Um, they're already like a hardy group, which that's what the grounders bring to it, you know? Um, hardy peasants. Hardy, hardy peasants, peasants yes. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it makes sense to me. But, I, but again, you take I issue with the conflict. Why does of it? anyone has to die? Why does anyone have it's to not, die? Because people are dicks, Shaheen. It, there's not enough food. That's never been brought up. Which I think the issue has never been. Look, we cannot share it because. But because it wasn't. It's hinted at. It's hinted it, at. I mean, Dioza said uh, unconditional surrender. Who has to surrender? Is it just Octavia? Um, cause if she's just saying as, as long as Octavia surrenders, I'll take a- everyone in. But she never then... said that to everybody. She didn't say that to Octavia. That was never offered. That's my problem. What is the issue? Is it like, can she accept, is she going to accept everyone except for Octavia? Cause Dioza doesn't want two alpha dogs. Is what, what yeah. I still don't understand what, why is there a conflict and what are the, possibilities that have been explored i think like dioza assumes as she's seen with one crew that they will die for octavia very painfully in a sandstorm of glass so i think that unless octavia unconditionally surrenders she could never trust one crew to like uphold peace but then also she doesn't fucking trust octavia Right, so Octavia just has to give herself up. So this whole problem Probably would go away if she just said, okay, I'm not Blood Raina anymore. Go do whatever you want. I'm not going to kill anyone. But I worry if about the grounder power Dioza, vacuum then. Then everyone will go with Dioza, right? But I don't think that they would. I think that Dioza knows that she would never get their loyalty. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, whoever wants to stay with Octavia and, and die. Maybe people just want to eat other, people. I don't know. <laughs> the, you know, they can I hear stay. it's delicious enough to be addictive. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I think, I think we've like talked around this quite a bit. Um, unless, unless you guys have anything, anything else about Kara so Cooper's worms. I'm just going to be unhappy about this. I think you're just going to be unhappy. I, I, like you have no better, better explanation. No one has any better explanation for of why they have to fight. Well, I mean, the well, explanation is that there's not sees Octavia as a wild card. She thinks that that bringing in Octavia will be very unstable because her people will be loyal to her. They have all these criminals who she can barely handle, and it's just like it would be a mess. People there'd still be fighting. People would kill each other. I think it, it's more seen as like, I don't know, it, it, it seems like it's risky either way. Um, do I think that that's a better option than each of them fighting to the death? Yes. But I, I think it's, they're still kind of like waving their dicks at each other to see like who's going to yield. And yeah, when that's, both of them that's are, the, the stage we're at right now. And, and both of them are in such shitty positions because, yeah, you have someone like Dioza whose priorities might even be shifting in a little bit, you know, considering that she's pregnant, like she might move to more of a Clark role, but she, I think hopefully knows how, how precarious her position of power is. So she's doing what she can to sort of hold on to that, knowing that like Octavia is right behind her with this singular desire to get to the Valley. Like, I think that is, I feel like they could come to an agreement and things could probably work out, but I think that that they've let it go too far um, for that to be viable in any sort of way that they would truly trust what the other was agreeing to. I mean, I, I think I think it's a situation of yeah. they've I mean, painted themselves into to, into a corner. I mean, you could uh, imagine many different options. Like one is, hey, you you get this part of the valley, we get this part of the valley, and if you do anything. Um, you know, if you do anything shady, then then we'll fight. But you know, for now, just keep to your yeah. Own but what happens if land. if that half of the valley can't sustain the life that's on it? Then you know, you have a pike situation where you're just like, fuck it. I you know, we need more, and I'm just gonna take it. And so, how long before that happens? Because they've definitely made a point to let us know that there is a scarcity of resources within. Within I mean, if the that valley. happens, then we'll then we'll deal with it. Then that. at that point, yeah. <laughs> I, my whole point is that like it's one thing when you're like, okay, there's no other. I mean, even then that you can debate it because like chimps do this, right? Like when they're like, okay, this is not enough space. Let's go kill those fools, and they go kill some other chimps. Chimpanzees and are take, very violent. Yes. Yeah, they yeah they they're take over gorillas. their territory. Why can't they be um, bonobos? That's my question. Like <laughs> this, this show would be a lot better if everyone were just like little bonobos, and you know, just have like a little, a little ooh, forest ooh. orgy, and yeah. just fuck it yeah. off, <laughs> fuck it off. <laughs> um, yeah, bonobos. Yeah. Sorry, angry chimps. Didn't mean to derail you there, Shaheen. <laughs> it's just that, like, yeah. Even then, you you expect more from humans, but um, it's not even at that point yet. Like. Yeah, this is the whole difference between just, like, deciding actively that you want to kill someone versus, like, okay, I have no choice now. Some some people are going to die, and I'm going to let some people die, or, you know, something like that. Well, Octavia um, feels that more that way 
than Dioza does because she's running out of resources. Yeah, I'm curious about the food spread that that Eligius is able to to put together. Like they, I think that they're blasting through it, and there's going to be a, an episode coming up where they're like, "Oh, we're oh my god, what if the darkier episode?" Here's here's an idea. What if the darkier episode is a juxtaposition between, um, yes, Eligius starving, yes, and sort of the conclusion that one crew came to with cannibalism while they were starving, and so we kind of see like the juxtaposition. Yeah, I think that'd be great. like sort of cutting back and forth and being like, this is how you get to cannibalism. Because this last episode, they made a point of showing like the spread, like when Raven was with her little plate at the buffet table, and there's all these like carrots and fruits and all these. Other, it looked good. It kind of reminded me, me of hungry. like going to buffets with my grandma when she lived in Atlantic <laughs> City, and it was just like, like all of these fucking old ladies opening up their pocketbooks. And yes, it's a pocketbook, not a purse with an old lady. It's their pocketbook, and they just like pulled out Tupperwares and plastic bags, and were just like oh loading shrimp in there, and like it was awesome. But at the same time, you're just kind of like, that's a lot of shrimp, Grandma. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, can I just say, I thought that we were going to see the cannibalism revealed this But I loved that it was surprisingly not. <laughs> yeah. We're that getting was slow burn the fuck out of cannibalism. I was like, all right, here we go. Kara's coming with a corpse. Yeah. You know, and then they're like, okay, uh, what what's up with the, you know, contained, what is, what did they call it? Oh, containment tents. Containment. No, yeah, containment this is my, well, actually, but I'll, I'll wait, I'll. No, do it. Do it right now. It counts. Unless okay. you want to yeah, go. There you go. Oh, a biocontainment unit. Well, let's find out what this is, and then they unzip it. And I'm, just, I was just like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> biocontainment. Yes, let's unzip the plastic. Listen, listen. <laughs> Dirty hands, Clark does not have time for your OSHA regulations. Okay. Oh my god! It's like I so. I was really into Ebola virus in junior high, and I read this the book fuck? called, like, the, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fellow viruses were very interesting at the time. Um, and so I read did this book called MySpace? The Hot Side. <laughs> I did have MySpace. I just had no friends on it. Oh, um, oh, and so, except for Tom. <laughs> who went to my high school. Really? Dubs, yeah. At the same time? Uh, no, he's older by a few years. But, um... Is it too much to say, like, what high school I went to? Well, I mean, anyone can look it up. Anyone can look up what high school Tom went to and know that that was the same high school I went to. Anyways, um, but the hot zone was, if you're at all into infectious disease, diseases, especially hemorrhagic ones, um, the hot zone is a great book. <laughs> Could I not eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for a year? Yes. Well, now I want to know what it has to do with PB&Js. It has nothing to do except for the, the descriptions of coagulated... Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sloughing. You, you really can't... A lot of sloughing. Read the word sloughing and not want to throw up. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was a great book. But um, what you learn from things like that in movies like... Um, what was that movie with... Um, Oh, shit, I can't even Dustin Outbreak? Hoffman. Oh, yes, Which yes. is another 90s movie oh, reference. such a good movie. I love that movie. I actually watched that because of the book that I read. Anyways, um, so you learn, like, you don't go into containment units like that. Like, you have to have your, like, and they, and they lived in an area that had, like, hazmat suits where you could, like, duct tape everything Listen, and bubs. be all, all like, secure. <laughs> no. 
No. I that's my well actually because like what the fuck guys? <laughs> you guys are supposed to be smart people. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um I mean that's kind of just like <laughs> we know nothing's going to happen but that's that's a stupid thing. Right? Like all of a sudden they just die. Like suddenly like Clark and Monty contract uh, like some sort of communicable oh, virus. Oh, airborne AIDS. <laughs> Super awesome. AIDS. <laughs> I just breathed some awesome AIDS, dude. That's delicious. Top notch. Delicious. Um, yeah. So I want to cover coming one. down from that Ebola though. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move along to, to Gaia and and Maddie mm-hmm. um, and sort of their whole thing as well as waking up Juan Hedda, which I thought was like cool as shit because we've all talked about how Clark seems very super detached this season. Like she's yeah. just in the periphery watching and scowling, but this time she was in the periphery watching like and scowling and then she's like, oh, I'm a fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm liking Gaia. Right? Um, yeah, except for yeah, the proselytizing. I mean, That's the only part where I was like, oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. No one cares. But like, Everyone has their beliefs. The point is you, you, you can't be crazy about your beliefs. And she's not She's not crazy fanatic. Like, she's, she's very reasonable. <laughs> I like her. No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, Shaheen. I love the moment where she, like, busts out the flame, which I don't recall the flame ever illuminating, but I kind of appreciated that it did. It totally reminded me of um, a little Lord of the Rings nod where um, uh, Smeagol and and they, they you know, when, when he sees the ring for the first time and is just like, I will, I am entranced by this. I need it. And, you know, you get that with Frodo as well when, you know, he, like, they first see the ring and it sort of glows for them and, you know, it's crazy and scary or whatever. Um I, I, I like that because especially like it's Maddie. Yeah, is, I wonder if it detects night blood. I don't know because it never did it before. But then again, like yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Have we seen it around a night blood I before? Um, I mean, but it has I, its little feelers. Maybe, maybe it like its little radar detector goes off. It 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 feels the night blood. But I just liked sort of this this moment of kind of Clark can't trust Maddie. I mean, can any parent trust their, like, teen daughter? Yeah, I mean, like, I know that that's, like, part of it of just, like, she is a teenager and, you know, she is, you know, doing her rebellious thing. But at the same time, like, Clark is trying to protect her and do all of these things. And Maddie's like, no, no, this is this is cool as shit. Octavia's cool as shit. This flame is cool as shit. Fighting people is cool as shit. (laughs) I think that, like, Clark also kind of lost her esteem a little bit at the beginning of the season when she very callously dispatched a few people. I think that Maddie is kind of, it's, it is that age where you're disillusioned with your parents. Like you start off as like a little kid. You think like your parent is like Superman. And then you find out that they're human. I mean, she's very polite. She's not like, she's a good kid. My room, you're, you belong to the, she still kissed her on the cheek or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But she'd also, but but she's like, look, mom, it's cool, okay? I'm cool. Everything's fine. Um, we are going to kill you, though. <laughs> <laughs> our our cult is going to kill you, but, you know. But, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think, like, Clark wants to be mad at Maddie, but I think that's the one thing she's decided she's not going to do. Like, nothing is Maddie's fault. In, in well, I think Clark's that she mind. also probably has to walk this really terrible line of she feels like she can't push maddie away 
because Maddie is already kind of stretching her wings now that she, or stretch legs, I don't know, arms, whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? She's, <laughs> a limb is moving. Um, you know, because suddenly she's no longer, for, you know, Octavia's metaphor is apt. You know, she's no longer the girl under the stairs. She's no longer the girl ostensibly alone in the woods just with Clark. Suddenly she's surrounded by all these other people. Some of them are very cool, like Octavia. You know, again, like the, the mythology of Octavia and stuff like that. And so Clark can't, she doesn't want to push Maddie away and make Maddie frustrated with her because she'll get pushed to exactly where Clark doesn't want her to go. And we even saw a little bit of that happen of, you know, Clark being like, hide your abilities and Gaia being like, hide your fucking abilities. And, you know, Maddie did a dumb teenage thing and didn't. And she might I almost see... can't blame her because Aiden is such a little shit. Ethan? And I would have also wanted to, like, give him his comeuppance. <laughs> Ethan? Whatever. What did Whatever. I say? Random blonde child. Ethan, that's the child that Jaha was taking care of. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he turned into a little shit. He's a little yeah. shit. That's what happens when the chosen one Octavia shows you favor. Brought... Yeah, because Octavia brought him up. So he's a little shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... I just want to say the choice of music, the music layover was very weird and awkward in that scene with the, with Maddie revealed that she's actually good. I didn't there notice. Was like music that, that was just kind of like left over from the previous scene and they didn't like end that more quickly hmm. or didn't like fade it out. And there was like new music that was like, dun 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 sword fight <laughs> but there was still that other music tree adams better watch Wait, out but, no no what was the other music because i feel like the music all always says a lot about what's going on there was like a campy music where it's like you see that when like people are just hanging out around the fire um and i was like um okay this kind of feels like a high stakes scene <laughs> but this uh, it was confusing to me hmm I, I don't remember the music. I'll have to. I'll have to rewatch it because I usually actually do remember the music. Like I, I get what they're trying to do with Shaw, but like his like little like electric guitar thing, it like takes me out. Like I, I it doesn't work for me. But you know, that's that's just me. It's I guess because you're Recco. <laughs> it always comes back to Becco. Um, I, I didn't say Becco. Recco. Recco. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. What What does that mean? Raven and. Echo? Oh yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Sorry, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm I'm out of it. Um, You're one, dumb, but I like you. Thank you. You're wow. Um, so one other thing in terms of Bubs would totally exterminate you in a in a, an emergency. Oh my god, she totally would. Um, did you guys notice like sort of the moment that do Do you guys think that Octavia knew what she was doing in terms of like antagonizing Clark by taking Maddie under her wing? Or do you think that it's all Octavia, like, sort of trying to make sense of, um, or, you know, to, to keep, quote unquote, her enemy close in the case of someone who could usurp her power? Like, because she gave, she, she gave some, some pretty fierce looks towards Clark of like, hey, I've got your nose, and by your nose, I mean your kid. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I need her for a but like, doesn't, strategy session. That's okay, right? Doesn't Octavia know who she just fucked with? Um, yeah, I, I can't tell what Octavia's endgame is. I honestly don't think that Octavia's trying to be, like, some evil whatever. I think that she 
I don't know. I trust her. Why do I trust her? <laughs> I totally do, though. Like, I, to me, everything crazy, she said has been like, no, but she's been cult leader. She seems sincere in everything that she's explained, and I don't think that like her ideas have been like bananas. Like they made it very clear, making um, the human testing being about Kara when Clark did actual human testing. Right, but I mean, then you also have somebody like Indra, who is sort you know... Yeah, but Indra's we, never been close to those kind of decision-makings that Clark and Bellamy have no, had to do. No, but so she... So for her, it's like, it, it is very startling. But but we trust Indra, and we trust her but sort we of trust perspective. Clark, and we trust Bellamy. We did. Yeah, but, uh, but like, for Indra to, you know, call out Octavia and be like... You, you know, watch out for this darkness. It's going to swallow you. Um, and, you know, I, I, I won't apologize for, for protecting you from yourself. I feel like Indra herself is, is, you know, yes, she might not be as close to those kind of crazy ass decisions. But at the same time, like she's kind of, quote unquote, all of us and just being like, hey, girl, listen. <laughs> you're acting a little like you're, you're – I'm with you and I'll protect you and I love you. But some of this might read a little off-putting. Yeah, yeah, but I guess, like, in the scope of what other characters have done <laughs> and why they've done it, I'm just, like... You're with you're with Octavia. I'm with Octavia. Again, I really it's am. It's not the same, though. Is it? How same. is it not the same? Um, so what are we comparing to what? The experimenting on the guy in the lab, um, irradiating someone, um, that... The way that someone, the person was chosen for doing that is, also, of course, questionable. Um, because it seemed like they did give more worth or value to some people's lives than others, especially Abby. Um, but the fact that they experiment on someone, um, to figure out if the night blood works or not, that's perfectly understandable. Um, whereas growing worms in someone, someone's stomach Octavia didn't, is just not the same. Octavia like, didn't choose to do that in living people. She was doing that in dead people. Uh, I understand. But I'm saying, like, when she says, when she said to Clark, don't, uh, you know, s- save me your hypocrisy, she was like, this is like the same thing you did. Um in the in Becca's lab, and she's still comparing but a dead not. person to a living person. Uh, that's after Kara revealed oh. that it was okay. a living person. But uh, and in any case, it's not this the uh, it's not the survival of the entire human race, which was the case for is Clark it not though lab. Um, no, it's just the survival of one crew. I mean, I understand that you think the prisoners can't survive on their own but that's not up to anyone to decide you can't just decide okay this population is unsustainable so i'm gonna well but you have to make assumptions because you have to go based on the information you have to make the decisions that you have to make but it's not up to anyone to decide who lives and who dies and except clark that's her job (laughs) it's one hitter well no again like each case is it's not about who's you know it's not about who who to survive or not to survive? It's about there's a bunch of prisoners. Are they going to all kill each other because that's what who they are? Are they going to there's like eighty percent men to twenty percent twenty percent women, which we've never actually gotten a percentage, but I am curious. Um, 
These are all things that affect survivability of the group. And we haven't gotten this information. Um, so I think it's it's hard to say whether they should be wiped out or not in terms of survivability of the species. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen Octavia discuss any of this. And anyway, like, I think... Um, no matter what, they, no one should be wiped out. There should be like a process for. I guess if I we have side more people more with... than we need. Like we have to figure out what to do with that. I guess more people. Sorry, more people than we can sustain. I side more know, with Octavia um, because it's a bunch of civilians. Um, because one crew is civilians, mm-hmm. as opposed to Allegis, which are prisoners. Are they not civilians? At this point, I don't see them as much like. If we had not had the scene... If she gives herself up, no one has to die. They can all live She doesn't know that. She's never been given that. What does she know? That's We don't know what she knows. (laughs) That's the problem. It's like, what is... It's not until the end that Clark makes the call to Diaz and now they have that information. But that's the end of the episode. So right now, Octavia is operating with what she knows. And what we do know is that, you know... Bellamy, Monty, they all read, like, the, the criminal files. Um, they know who these people on the ship are, which should tell us a lot, well, in my so, opinion. So, so getting, getting into, you know, moving, moving this along, since, since you brought up Bellamy, um, you had a note that said, you know, that's too bad for the centuries, uh, Bellamy is almost back to season one, where it's a tiny amount of people he's protecting over a large, larger innocent number, and it's confusing. It is confusing. Um, um, well, because, like I said before, we were told so many times, like, Bellamy would be using his head more. He's more, like, head over heart. And <laughs> this is not head over heart at all. Like, I don't understand what he's doing. Like, this is just, like, him making dumbass decisions the way that he did about Octavia, but now, like, I don't feel the way, because these aren't, it's not his sister, his sister that he, like, cared for for 16 years. Like, it's, it's just bullshit. <laughs> and well, so I just, I don't know what to say to the show in terms of what they're doing with Bellamy. And I'm hoping that this is how I'm supposed to feel right now. And I'm hoping there's something coming up that's, like, very cathartic. Because as it stands, like, this is bullshit. It really is. Um I mean, aren't we supposed to think that the people on the ring, on the Ark, they all now have this really strong bond? Sure, but is it is it stronger than... Um, overrides everything else. No, now. is it stronger than Bellamy spent 16 years as one of the sole protector, protectors to his sister on yeah, the ring? Yeah, that's not his fucking sister anymore. Yeah, the whole point of the time jump is no one is what, who they were anymore, so everyone is like, all right, it well, does I was not loyal matter. to that person. no, no, no. no. He, the entire time he's on the ring, all he could think he could think about was getting back to his sister. Right. All and he, then he no, got no, 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 back. No. no. He, all he could think about <laughs> was that leading up to that, his sister was like his priority. He gets down and she's like, kind of like, she says like, your girlfriend should die because of like legitimate reasons. And I've only had two seconds to like sit with that she's still alive despite all the shitty things she's done. And you're trying to tell me that like, I should just get over that. And so Bellamy is being a little... Bitch, 
because she's like, no, your girlfriend needs to speak to what she's done. Um, meanwhile, I have to juxtapose this with this episode. They brought up Bellamy's like um, taking part in Pike's massacre again. He p- gave penance for like a whole season and a half for what he did. But like, and we're supposed to, to just know. We're supposed to forgive <laughs> what Echo did. And it's like it's framing like Octavia's being unreasonable for wanting more. Um, yet we can't forgive what Bellamy did, but Echo, poor little thing, that she did this horrible thing that, like, it's just like everybody else. No. And and so, like, we bring up Bellamy again. And so it's just so uneven, and it's clear to me that, like, some genders on the show can do something. (laughs) And it's, it's, there's a double standard, and it's bullshit. (laughs) So I, I will speak to some of that, unless you have something that you want to say, Shaheen, right off. So are you saying men are being discriminated against? I'm saying that men can't do anything without having to make up for it for a season and a half and it's still being brought up. (laughs) I would say to that point, they brought up the massacre as relevant to Indra. Like, I thought... Yeah, Octavia was a bitch for not forgiving Echo. Well, no, I mean, the first encounter is like, yo, who, wait, this guy, you know, she tried to kill me. That's fine. And, like, if that's the first conversation Bellamy and Indra are having after... It's not, though. They fought on the same side already. They fought on the same side again all of season four. And and it's still brought up. But they were fighting on the same side, but they weren't interacting with each other. They did. They interacted with each other at the end of season three. (laughs) I would expect Indra to be, like, be cool about it and not really bring that up much. But um, if... Yeah, like, it depends on how much they interacted since. If they haven't interacted much, and now he, he is asking for a favor, that's that would be a, maybe a little awkward. It's just a caution, you know. Um, the same way that Octavia is still sometimes mad at, mad at Clark for, you know, making deals with Lexa and letting the bomb drop on Ton DC. Or but like, that's never brought uh, up again. You know, whatever. It has been brought up. Once in season three, <laughs> I love that you're uh, here. With it was the brought up in season receipts. three by Bellamy, and then it was brought up by Octavia. In season three, we're season five, yeah. but Bellamy, Lexa's, what Lexa's he did at the beginning of season three, is still brought up. Like, do you guys not see how crazy that is? <laughs> and also, the actions are again a little different. The massacre was more aggressive and more, yeah. Well, was, but it's a but like you have to think about. Bellamy trusted a grounder, Echo, and she fucked him over again. Like, every grounder leading up to that point had fucked them over, had already been fighting them all of season one. Um, And so he felt that he he was at fault for trusting them. And that's what the massacre was about, which is, again, why Becco is a bullshit relationship. Um, But here we are. Right. Again, uh, explaining it psychologically is one thing, but it still doesn't. It was still not a response to any sort of imminent threat, and it just Pers- no. But it was for hard. them. It felt like an imminent threat. There is an army outside of their walls, the same way that there is an army outside of their walls in season one. Like when were they going to attack? Was how they felt, not that. Whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Well, we ended all of this with uh, Clark being like, we're going to take out Octavia, which is probably going to put Bellamy in a little bit of an uncomfortable <sighs> position. 
Um, I don't know where this is going to go, but I appreciate that Clark has finally decided to... St- That's not the solution either. What's your it's, solution? Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like more drama just, for the sake of drama. Yeah, what is the problem? Someone lay out the problem in front of everyone and then we'll fall, find the solution. Like, everyone tell Octavia, hey, do you know that... Girl, like, chill. Yeah, like, like, what is the situation? If the situation is your people can all live... If you just tell them that you you won't kill them if they leave, um, if that's the situation, and then Octavia says no to that, then okay, maybe then like we can maybe hold it down. And I think that we- there's a risk though. Octavia has made it pretty clear that if you even sort of disagree with her, that becomes being an enemy of one crew. And I think that that was a really interesting scene with her and Indra, where Indra was basically like are you going to throw me in the pit too? You know, and Octavia's like, or no, sorry, Octavia threatened to throw her in the pit. But the fact that she hasn't yet means that like, there's this kind of slight weird little like wiggle room that a few people might have a little bit of a pass with Octavia. has a shield. But at the same time, Octavia is reminding her that she, her, she is alive because Octavia has chosen to allow her to live. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I guess I mean, maybe we'll see how this is brought up. Maybe that is how they bring it up. But I was I was imagining like a meeting between Octavia and, and Bellamy and Clark where, you know, no one else in the room and they're like, hey, let everyone go. Um, and Dioza will accept them. And then she's like, no way. And then they'll, they'll be like, all right, well, we're going to kill you. <laughs> um, okay, knife may- to the belly. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know what that meant, but I'm I'm concerned with it. And I don't know that I like it at all. Well, that seems actually a really but good... But like I said, if people want to stay loyal to the system, killing Octavia is not going to change anything. People are still going to... They're not going to just be like, oh, okay, now that she's gone, you know. Because if this is ingrained in the in the culture, like Gaia was saying, most of uh, one crew believes that this, the time of the commanders has passed. Which I really appreciated that clarification because I was confused about that before. I was like, sometimes they say the time of the commanders has passed. Sometimes it seems like some people still believe in it. So apparently most one crew think that the time of the commanders has passed, but there's still some who who don't. So anyway, um, for those people, like, what is, if Octavia dies, what are they going to do? Are they going to be loyal to Kara? Are they going to ask Gaia to come up with the successor. Um, so that's one question. It's not clear that they will just go along with it. Well, they but they call the so Ethan and crew. They're called the novitiates, and so I'm assuming those are the yeah, people who've been accepted become... about uh, uh, as potential. Is it going to be a conclave and one of those is going to become so. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking because they're still doing the be the last thing. I think it'll just yeah. be that the commanders are now ch- quote unquote commanders but because they're not really commander. They're I don't chosen know, I can, by just strength by, of fighting. Yeah, not by the spirit of the commanders, which was still f- fucking combat, but that's a separate issue. It's um, combat pretending that a spirit is being chosen. <laughs> as opposed to just yeah. combat. So less... <laughs> Yeah, what if they stuff. kill Octavia and then Maddie wins the conclave and then Gaia can be like, hey, by the <laughs> Look way. Look at this. Look what I have in my pocket, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. oh it's God, a vitamin. She's just going to take a vitamin. What a coincidence. I happen to have a flame. That's weird. Who who 
who, who put that there? Who did that? And you're a nightblood? This is crazy. <laughs> and then Maddie's like, Clark, there's some girl who's telling me like really dirty things and I don't want to repeat them. But she says, hey, what's up? <laughs> I know, like the, the flame goes into Maddie and she's just like, I have a message for you. Sup. As dirty as shit. <laughs> Sup. Um, all right, that's terrible. We're going to take a break. Oh, okay. I need a snack, thank God. Um... We're moving on to the sexy allegious portion of of the story since we did not get any um, Mamori and McCreary. Is there a ship name for that? McMori? McMori? <laughs> uh, with um, um, I'm so glad Mc- that guy's lost. Morphe? McMorphe? Wait, what's that crinkling sound? Popcorn? No eating on the pod, bubs. No. Yeah. Okay, fine. Hold on. <laughs> No, noisy eating. You can eat like chewy chips the way. Oh god damn it! <laughs> Did you get your handful? You get your handful in there. Maybe. All right. <laughs> now that do you feel my side eye at you? No. All right. Um, all right. So let's talk about um, sexy allegious. Uh, but I guess the unsexy portion of that would be the um, cabbie drama that uh, we saw. Ah. Uh. Yeah. That's that's what you got, just guttural ugh. It just like he was such a dick to her at the in the opening scene. Um Dude. Yeah, yeah. Shaheen, you have a lot to say actually about, about Kane Go and for Abby. It. Um I mean the continuing saga of Kane sucks at dealing with addicted loved ones. Like, this just not this is not right. I mean, apart from like he is getting physical with her and everything, it's just like put that all aside right she's a tiny little bird person (laughs) and like um okay so the worst two things for an addict um are one to believe that they have no agency over their condition and two is to believe that they have full agency and therefore full responsibility um they're both bad like the best way to deal with addiction is to realize um, the, a realistic amount of agency that you have. Um, I have a friend who works on um, like the nature of mental disorder and things like that. And he always says, um, what distinguishes a mental disorder from a physical disorder uh, is agency. Because there's always been the extreme views on mental illness that um, it's either it either has to be a medical thing like a physiological thing that you that you get, like cancer, or it, it has to be a purely uh, moral thing, something having to do with um, your choices and your character and things like that. And and he thinks that um, you know, obviously, if it were something like a physical disorder, like Huntington's disease or something like that, we wouldn't send someone to therapy if if we thought that, you know, they had a physical disorder like Huntington's disease, like we don't send those people or, you know, someone uh, with some sort of, you know, I don't know, um, autism or something. We don't, you know, tell them. Choose the autism or me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, we don't ask them to change their ways because we think that they can't, right? They have zero agency over how it is. Um, whereas, you know, 
you know, and, and on the other hand, it's so, so it's not like that. It's not like a physical disorder. Uh, on the other hand, it's also not something that you can just choose to change. And that's why we say, you know, we shouldn't think of it as a crime because it's not just something that they can decide not to do. But and do this, we... this is true with addictions, this is true with depression, this is true with, you know, uh, obsessive compulsive. Like, obviously, there is a compulsive element to it. There is something that they can't just in the moment decide to change. So, but, but the reason we still don't call it a, a physical disorder is that they have some amount of agency and you need to help them um, manage that the best without feeling like it's their fault and also without feeling like, oh, this is just a disease that I have, so I have no control over it. Um, and yeah, so, but Kane is just not really doing a good job of doing that. Sorry, Joe, what were you going to say? No, no, I mean, you, you answered you answered my question because, you know, my question would be then, you know, if they, if, if, it's, if it's something immutable about them, then, you know, are we just saying that we shouldn't try to be able to change this, but you, you, you know, brought up the fact that it's, it's a little bit of both that, you know, yes, it can be dealt with, but just saying, Hey, deal with this is not enough. And ignoring the problem is not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, right. so yeah, that, that you, you answered you, my non question. I'll so, yeah, cool. <laughs> Good talk. Good talk. I mean, per, so, so Jen, Jen little gif review, um, came out today and she seemed to think that this was basically Cabby breaking up. Um, when we saw, when we saw, uh -huh. um, Kane ask Abby to choose. And then Dioza showed up like bef basically as she was like, not immediately being like, Oh no, I choose you Kane. Um, you know, it was definitely a, I can't answer this because you like, don't want to know uh, the answer. <laughs> well, and she's like stalling <laughs> for time and Dioza's like, sup. And she's like, Oh, I have to I have to wash my hands and gather myself, which Abby never washes her hands, so I'm sort of confused. Um, so That's where Clark learned it. Exactly, exactly. You gotta you gotta season those open wounds. Um, so, did you guys get the sense that that they that this was sort of a temporary end of Cabby, or that this is you know I was was Abby's choice actually like an overt choice? I mean, I. I didn't think of it that um, minutely. I, I, I didn't. I thought it was finally a moment where Kane was not being a dick. Um, and they were finally kind of talking. Okay. So to me, it was more cabby positive And then. Interesting. Dioza interrupted. That was him not being a dick. <laughs> well, because the rest of the time he was much more of a dick. I'm not it's a, it's <laughs> a relative scale of dick. Yeah, exactly. It's a sliding. It's a, it's a slide rule of dick. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's at twenty percent in that scene. It's like twenty percent dick. <laughs> yeah. So what what was your note? You actually have a note but, about there was a post on Reddit. I agree with this, Shaheen. Or does this oh, not have to do with the cabbie stuff? That, no, yeah, that's a change of subject. Oh, sorry. Well, we'll continue talking about cabbie for a sec. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if they had come back to that choice later in that same episode, I could see that that scene ending without a, a choice having been made. But since that the whole episode ended, I don't know. Are they going to come back to the next episode and be like, okay, so remember, so remember I you a when question? I gave you an ultimatum? Yeah, and you like, didn't answer. Maybe it, they will, um, but yeah. Otherwise, it seems like we're supposed to assume that a choice was made. How, how 
do we think it's been since Kane and Abby did it? Since they fucked? Yeah, a long time. I don't know, last night? (laughs) (laughs) What? I, cause like, I feel like this, you know, addiction has definitely like pulled them probably or pushed them pretty far apart. And so I kind of wonder, like, I think it's been a but while. She takes one to sleep. So that's when she's, you know, the highest. And she's like, yeah, let's go, man. <laughs> and, you know, and Kane hates himself. It. So he obliges. And <laughs> I mean, and I kind do of, it. I mean, like, yeah. I would not be surprised, and I know that this is terrible and the cabbie fandom is going to find me and burn it down, but, um, <laughs> like, part of me kind of wants to see, and I know that this is terrible, like, the fallout of this isn't just that Kane is, you know, loyal and heartbroken, but... Kind of uh, wants to do Diosa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want some, like, sad grief... Is that sexy though? Plus, plus, Dio's is pregnant, and pregnant ladies get horny. And since she's not banging McCreary <laughs> anymore, and I feel like she's been, you know, eyeing that that beard of Kane's. Um, I'm just saying, like, I really wonder if they're going to set that up this season of like this sort of like sad, desperate infidelity. What if Kane induces labor in Dio's? Yeah, you think Kane, you think Kane's packing some heat? no but by having sex Um, that's one way to induce labor yeah when you're like about to pop not she's like like, she's got plenty of time speaking of dioza being pregnant i know that we've like jumped all ahead and we'll like get back to like camping and uh reco and all that sort of stuff which i want a better ship name than reco but that's a separate issue um shit where was i going with this oh (laughs) Dioza, the Reco distracted you. So so Dioza's reasonably pregnant, right? Like that's not just like two months. That's I would like, say that's like that's right. fourteen weeks. So four months. Yeah. Thereabouts. So she's she's missed a couple periods. She's pretty aware that she's pregnant. Doing shots tequila with with, with Kane? Um, I think I wrote this in my notes because <laughs> it should pregnant women drink alcohol. No, obviously not. But <laughs> you're allowed to in the in like at the very beginning, at the very end. But she's like solidly. But it's like she had one shot of tequila that anyways, we know of that we know of. But I still think that like as a fictional character, she's badass. And like if her baby is born with a lime in its mouth, ready to party, like so be it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm here for it's that. It's McCurry's child anyway. It's retarded anyway. I, mean. <laughs> I love how much you hate McCreary. Oh my god. <laughs> like of all the characters on this show, the fact that he is this very like obvious villain and you're like, well, I hate him. <laughs> like, I mean, well, even I considering like- divergence to the mean, you're still going to end up pretty low. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm into um, Jose Cuervo baby is what I'm saying. Right. Um, yeah, but anyway, all right. So, so we we've, we've talked a little bit about Cabby. Um, let's go back to the uh, your note here, Shaheen, that I would that I jumped the gun on. Um, Dioza's camp yeah. uh, in season one. So Dioza's camp is very reminiscent of like season one when the hundred came down, where the writers um, have no idea how to write like chaos. <laughs> yeah, I mean the dropship, the dropship kind of scene where it's just like people standing around um, curing food and stuff 
a bunch of like rough looking people. But like, um, why were they doing target practice? Like, don't you have a limited shower, number of bullets? You know. I mean, that that's a, well, actually, that I had a couple episodes ago with uh, where, where like Diozo was just like getting attention with like a couple bullets. Like, yeah, I can just like shoot these in the air. Um, but that's what the the hunter did with when they got guns. So yeah. maybe it's just a thing. Like you get a couple guns, you got to shoot them up a little bit. Like what's the <laughs> what else is the point? You I don't mean, want the bullets to go stale. I mean, I'm anti gun as anyone else, but like guns are fun to shoot. <laughs> I mean, practice if they're practicing, that's fine. Anyway, but um, I can't help regret. I can't help but regret that uh, about like you know what they did to the world building. Um, and there was a post on Reddit about this that I agree with. Um, at least I agree with the first part of the post where, um, the person who posted, they were talking about how one of the things that was really fun and exciting about the hundred at the beginning, season one and season two, um, and even season three was like this, uh, process of discovery it was the mystery of it, of, uh, the different part of the parts of the world um, different locations, different clans, mm-hmm. um, you know, and at first, you know, we knew very little, we didn't know about the reapers, we didn't know about the mountain men, and, you know, we gradually got more familiar with it, but there was, you know, still more to unfold, um, and now it seems like the whole world has been reduced to the sandbox, um, literally, <laughs> and this is something that, um, the, poster on reddit was talking about uh and we know pretty much everything that there is to know there are no clans anymore um you know and there's yeah and that's kind of just taken one element out of one element of enjoyment out of the show i think that i don't know how they can remedy i guess there is eligius 3 or whatever so there's like more things that can come out of space but the earth is pretty much done with Right, like there's nothing more to dis- discover on Earth. Um, I was really excited about all those locations that we hadn't seen yet on the pre-prime pre-prime fire number two. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like your forever on the show will be. I lament the lack of world building. I mean, there was a lot of it, and then they all they burned all of it. I still feel like there could be more. I think it's left open enough that we haven't seen the other side of the world. And while people in the space station supposedly could have said, like, well, there was no other green spaces, we don't know that there aren't other bunkers. So if we do not go to space, which I will be shocked if we do not go to space. find some more mole people? uh, Yeah. Then we'll find more mole people. Bonsai, you're the worst. (laughs) What's a mole person? Somebody, oh, you should totally read that book. Um, So it it came from, there's this theory and like, there's this whole back and forth about this woman writing this book and like people are calling her bullshit for it. But, But the idea is, and if you believe her, is that there are tens of thousands of people 
um, living below the, the, the streets in New York in old subway tunnels, old, um, you know, electrical tunnels and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, wait, you there are people who don't believe her. Yeah. There are people who like think that this was just bullshit what? or that she exaggerated or whatever, but basically no. this woman goes under underground and meets these people, um, and sort of interviews some of them. And there's like a few like different, like societies that have come together there and then there's a couple of people who are just you know kind of off doing their own thing you know living alone under the city of New York um it's a really kind of fascinating and really interesting book I think my favorite part about it is they call um there's a thing that they eat there called track rabbits which are really really large rats like the size of raccoons um and I guess you're supposed to catch them and eat and eat them and they're called track rabbits but anyway, mole people is in like, you know, I guess Mount Weather would kind of be considered mole people because mm-hmm. um, they are moles living under the earth. But anyway, um, let's let's go into sort of talking about uh, sort of the main crux of this episode, which was or not the main crux, but like, you know, the whole purpose of Echo going back and being a defector uh, and her sort of being a spy and convincing Dioza maybe to trust her, maybe not to trust her. I don't know. Um, and Raven and the betrayal of Shaw, but was that really even a betrayal? I don't know. Raven Um, felt it was a betrayal. Yeah. I mean, um, so I don't think Echo cared about Dioza. I don't think she was trying to get her trust at this point. I think that she just used that whole thing as an excuse to get into the room. That seemed like her Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. goal. She's yeah. really good at, like, that was her goal. Her goal was get Raven in front of a computer. My question was that in putting the USB drive in that person's wound, did she kill her? Um, I, I doubt it. I feel like that was up in the air. She did die, right? That's the person that Abby yeah. was yeah. trying to fix. And, yeah. And but, you know, Kane how much like, of it was this... Her, um, there was too much you're, internal damage. You're an addict. It's just like, yeah, again, Kane being terrible. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think she just got shot a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, For the most part, yes. You're going to have yeah. bullet wounds. And I liked that. I liked Abby low key shading uh, Dioz's modern medicine, which is basically our modern medicine, and being like, this shit is antiquated and shitty. Like, but like, mm. how much more advanced was was Space Day? Right. Because I I was like, aren't you guys from the exact same time? Fifty year, yeah. year difference. Yeah. I mean, it was, I guess it's a little weird. Shit year happened year. in fifty years. Um. So we got we got Echo kind of having this little clandestine. I love that like Echo had to like teach Raven to be a spy, like, in a moment. Like, Raven was like, hi, best friend. And Echo was like, no, don't, we don't fucking know each other right now, <laughs> damn it. And then, like, later she walks past and is like, hey, Spacewalker. And you're like, hello. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got... But so, like, we, we're we now on, Be- on Echo's side this time, but this is what she does. Like, betraying is her thing. But is it she a betrayal? She owed betrayal. nothing to Shaw. But she owes something to Raven, and Raven was the one who said, no, we need to do something different. As a group, they owed something to Shaw. Why? Because yeah. he was their ally. Yeah, he was their inside man, and they kind of, yeah. they don't have that inside man anymore. I mean, I, I guess, just, you know. Like, fuck that. Who cares? I want this thing right now. Well, I think I think that the- I think she was excited to be useful again, and I think she may have jumped the gun. Um, I disagree. 
I think that time made her choose this. Like, they were under a time crunch. Like, given more time, she probably could have come up with a better but, plan. But what does like, she think her time crunch is? Uh, as soon as fucking possible. Why? They have three weeks for the for the farm. Right, right but I mean... Monty said we have three weeks until this is, well, this is not working anymore. I mean, I think she saw an opening and was like, "This is something that that I can that I can do." But I agree with you that they all seemed like they were like, "Oh, come on, like hurry up," you know. I yeah. don't know why they felt like they had they don't have time, but yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, space crew plus Clark hiding out, like waiting and watching and waiting and watching. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, three weeks seems like a really long time to enact the plan. Um, so, you know, I think that it was as soon as you fucking can to to Echo. Um, and she saw an opening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see it as necessarily a betrayal of Shaw. Um, I can see how Raven would. But at the same time, I'm also just kind of like, hey, Raven, kind of slightly slow your roll on that. Um, I like, think they're alive the Shaw, because of Shaw. Yeah, I think this, the look on Shaw's face look was like he also thinks of it as betrayal. We'll see next episode. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, did you guys th- like? What did you guys think about Echo sort of revealing herself as a spy? Was that mean? like you know? And then sort of like. It was re- the way that she and Dioza are sort of playing it. You're kind of not sure who has the upper hand and who thinks they have the upper hand. Because Dioza's face when Echo was like, hey, you have a traitor. And she was like, nah, it's Shaw. And then, or, you know, no, Shaw's fine. Don't worry about it. And then Echo was like, actually, here's like 14 things that he has done super wrong. And Dioza's face was like, oh, fuck. Um, and then before when Dioza and Echo were talking with Kane, you know, with Kane sitting there and, you know, Echo's like, I'm a spy. And it was like, anybody who says there's a spy, they're incompetent or playing an angle. Which one are you? Well, that's the thing that, like, (laughs) they're either incompetent or playing an angle. And I feel like, does that mean Dioza knows that there's something underlying with what Echo is trying to do? Right. And she's letting her, like, think that she's the cat, but really she's the mouse. And we haven't seen that aspect yet. Right. Like, I, I wasn't sure what to take from sort of the way that they played it. They didn't leave a lot of options, but it's... What about captured All the cards spies. aren't revealed yet. What? What about captured spies, which is more um, in line with Echo's situation? Like, when you're captured, and they're like, so what are you? And you're like, I was a spy. Because you're, uh, you're not a spy anymore, because you, you got captured. Because who are you spying for? Like... Yeah, so... And then, dun, dun. you know... And but you didn't reveal anything like they can. Yeah. Um. There was something that I wanted to call out. Uh. Per Bubs's note about the conversation that that they had at the gazebo, which was um. Well, Bubs, you should speak to that. Wait, what part? <laughs> um. Your your botanical lesson. Oh right. So. I thought that it was, like, the purple flowers um, in the gazebo were very, like, specific, you know? Um, They didn't need to add purple flowers to a gazebo that was already kind of just, like, green-ish. So I was wondering what they were. Um, So I did some Googling, and I think what they are are um, Japanese wisteria. And so Japanese wisteria, there's, like, a little note on Wikipedia about how they're an invasive species 
they kind of um, just kind of like come in and take over and kill other plants. And I thought that maybe that was somewhat of a, um, a metaphor for what Allegis is in Eden, is there are these people who kind of came in from elsewhere um, and they've kind of invaded. And you see like in this episode, there's like a buffet table with all these roots and carrots and which are roots, I guess, and all this <laughs> other stuff. Um, and it's just like, you know... Raven's there at like the um, the cruise ship buffet, <laughs> piling on her plate. But we know that there's not that like Clark was so um, stingy about the berries. So, so where, yeah. So you know you kind of have to wonder how much food there actually is, and is this wisteria Japanese wisteria taking over in kind of just yeah a metaphor for these guys just eviscerating the last green space on Earth. Well, I, I guess we'll we'll find out, uh, Carl Linnaeus. I mean, there are two ways to read the berry thing. Because that, that, in that episode, there was a scene where Maddie came and she was like, hey, the berries are finally back and whatever. So one way to read it is like, that was the moment when it was like, okay, now you're supposed to assume that as far as this valley is concerned, there's food and everything and you don't have to worry about it. There was never after that any mention of there not being food there. Well, but how, but like, but, but how would they have cultivated that much food also? Yeah. Like they wouldn't have grown enough food to feed 50 people as two people. And there's no way that like all of this food was just grown. So I, I'm assuming that the Allegis ship. Schmeins. 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 (laughs) Okay. Because I was going to say, I, I, like, maybe the Allegis ship has their own sort of farm station, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But then at the same time, they wouldn't have been, like, most of the prisoners were asleep. So, again, they wouldn't have been growing that quantity of food. No, I mean, growing is one thing. They were also, like, killing animals. I don't know if it was, like, No, but I mean, like, how fish? long does it take like, to grow a carrot? Where did all that come from? Like, all those animals that should, Yeah. That they're living I, in, I, so. Yeah, this is some biology schmance. <laughs> for sure. It's unclear, for sure. But I still think that we were meant to understand that there wasn't a lot of vegetation in that two people living on Eden by themselves were stingy about berries. Um, I think that Allegis... Maybe Clark was just being a bitch. <laughs> she, yeah, like Again, when my the, mom like says said, that she could not scene. take me to softball... My softball game, but really my parents just hated baseball and they wanted me to just like not like it. <laughs> but there was and a so, scene where Maddie was like, hey, the bears are back. And it was like, well, no, she says that, doing the dishes? And, yeah, you know, but was, like the berry, yeah. it doesn't mean like there's all the berries enough for like everybody are back. I understand. I'm just saying that could be like as in, in a movie that could just be like a flag that like okay from now on you don't have to worry about food that was the i did not see it that way but i mean i'm sure it could be taken either way i took it more that they're being careful about it and right now they have enough for to use some as hair dye among two people (laughs) right because you're also not using it as food like you're wasting it yeah you're wasting food um so I thought we got like a nice little bit of of backstory with um, the the conversation between Shaw and Raven and sort of how Dioza fits into it um, with with an especially good line of um, what was it uh, I'm I'm not as uh, Dioza's not as bad as you think and I'm not as good as you'd hoped yeah um, yeah which, I don't know I mean I don't get that story <laughs> first of all I don't see how that makes Shaw less 
less of a good person because all that he said in that story is I was the one who disagreed with leaving all the prisoners to die, all the miners. Well, he um, de- but he deactivated the shock collars. Okay. Which, you know... Which led to a lot of which people Which led dying, to a lot of people dying. Yeah, that doesn't make him a worse person. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. And then the, the other thing that he's... The thing that he said about Dioza was when before she was a terrorist, she was helping refugees, which is like yeah, okay, well she the Battle of San Francisco. She was police, so of course she was helping refugees. She was just doing her job. When did I talk about that? Because I swear I missed it every time I rewatched this episode, and I didn't watch the preview ones where I like I saw enough to know that there was a discussion about the Battle of San Francisco. Well, he just mentioned like in the Battle of San Francisco, I watched yeah. on TV how basically like Diozo was like pushing helicopters off of the off of the ships to make room for more refugees and i'm just like is this what is this where the google bus is gonna lead us is this what it's like when you when you can't get a studio apartment for less than three thousand dollars because like i could i could see that that's how the battle of san francisco starts i mean Um, seriously honestly maybe Um, it's just like it's extreme gentrification the ground and los angeles gets too close to san francisco and there's a war oh maybe Los Angeles would have to grow a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of San Francisco. Um, all right. Like, I, I'm looking through this. I can't really see much else that we haven't really covered. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before we get to I, well, Okay, so... When Apart from Bellamy up- being a little shit, <laughs> I can't with him. I'm so, like, disappointed. But I will say that not this episode was the only episode where I was like, this is not Bellamy. Despite as much as I hate Becco, like, I can, like, sort of, like, Bellamy is forgiving. Um, did he need to, like, put his dick in Becco? No. Like, but I can sort of get, like, the forgiveness angle in space. Trust? No. I don't I get the trust. the episode that you hate Bellamy in is the one where you're like, fine, I guess I can kind of okay with Becco. No, no, no. I'm not okay with it. I'm okay with, like... If they would have set it up as, like, fuck buddies, fine. But the thing is, like, trust is, like, a very important thing in a relationship. Speaking of fuck buddies. <laughs> I, I did not have time to write this haiku, but please, Joe. Please, no, no. Can I, can I just redirect just back? To, did any, like, did you guys not think that that was a weird little line? No. <laughs> but I am what, here line? for you when seeing it that way. Space practically purred. Hey, spacewalker! Like yeah. as she like went to I say mean, hi Echo to Raven. Was sexy, like it's just Echo, is she? It's, it's just sexy. Yeah. Oh, it was just okay. So you're on my side that it was sexy. Eh. Yeah, I mean, she just says anything with those lips, and just, <laughs> she makes me want to barf. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. So, but we we can never read our own poem. So somebody else has to read it. Okay, send it to me. I'll read it. Okay, it's it's on the That's run a, sheet. It's just yeah. above the sexy allegious area. Okay, hold on. Because I'm sorry, for the listeners, if, if you follow our Twitter, you will notice that I specifically called that out. Um, I caught vibes with it. This might be an entry into Raven Ray's Nookie Watch uh, 2018. Um, Bonsai does not want me to read this poem if you can hear him in the background. I'm so sorry. No, he is very excited about it. He is a is huge record Is for him to hump? Because I can... Yeah, there is. I, I noise editor will we'll take that out, but because that's a constant noise. So it's actually really funny. Um, when we are home, his little like thing that he humps is my old Lala Teletubby doll. And it's hilarious because it has sound. And so... Oh, 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 he's about to do it. He's about to do it. 
Do you bring it? Do you travel with his hump pillow? No, it, it stays here. It's like something that just stays home. He's totally... Okay. So anyways, the funny part is that... So when you press its tummy hard enough, it makes sounds and it goes like... Um, Wait, do it. He's humping it. It'll eventually go off at some point. But it, it'll go like... Um, um, uh-oh. Bye-bye. Uh-oh. Lala, so, I'm saying it in, in the right order. Um, uh-oh. Da, 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 da. And then, anyways, that's so we're that's, just waiting for Bonsai's uh, vigorous yeah, activity to trigger your Teletubbies doll. Basically, and it was hilarious because one time <laughs> my mom came in to talk to me, and like I'm used to Bonsai doing this. He's, you know, this is who he is. <laughs> she was not, and the doll just went off, and like we were like up until that point, we were just pretending that it was not happening. <laughs> As good Catholics do. That's and, the worst thing. It's and always, it just like went off. Never pretend like it's not happening because then it'll start to make a noise or a smell or something and then you got to pretend that's not happening. It just gets worse. It's not that big of a deal. There's no smell. He, maybe you just can't smell it anymore. I'm just maybe. saying in general, like when maybe. something is happening, if you ignore it, it'll just get worse. And like then, you like have, then you're committed to like ignoring it. So, and everyone like, knows that we're all smelling the same fart. Yeah. 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 It better just like get it out in the open. Anyway, go ahead. I cannot find this thing. It's. Wait. Oh, I see. I, okay, you just highlighted it. Okay, you found it. Yes. Now th- I feel bad because this is nowhere near the caliber of poems that you write for our show. Well, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme because it's a haiku and it doesn't have to rhyme. And I had five minutes to do it, yeah. so... Well, poetry doesn't have to rhyme either, but you know what I call that? A paragraph. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, this is... I have this mentality because I went to summer camp at Brown University when I was in high school. Oh, my God. And, oh, my... And part of that it, introduction. <laughs> anyways. Oh, do you hear it? Oh, my God. Good job, Bonsai. Good job. <laughs> Oh, you're a vigorous lover, bonsai. <laughs> Anyways. Is that, when, is that when the toy is having an orgasm? Yes. Oh, yes, good it is. job, bonsai. <laughs> um, he really pushed his buttons. <laughs> um, but no, so um, RISD was the school next to Brown, and those dicks. <laughs> um, so there was like joint like little clubs while I was there, and I was there for like two months, three months. Um and so there was like a poetry like club and I was like, I'll go to this poetry club. I've written poetry, which all my poetry was like very juvenile. Anyways, I get there and these girls were just like, and then the blood red orange bled, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, what is this bullshit? I'm so bored. Anyways, when it was my turn to read my poem, I read like my poem. Were you just not angsty enough? I was just like, my poetry was not angsty, but honestly, I still think it was better poetry. Like I had this poetry about this turtle and I thought like, I still to this day think it was much better than whatever the blood red orange poem thing bullshit was. And they like all made fun of my poem and I was like, whatever, betches. <laughs> but to this day, I'm still like insecure about that moment. So when poems don't rhyme, I'm taken back to being in that. Oh, oh, damn. Two bonsai. Goodness. Goodness. You better get that Teletubby a cigarette. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go... This poem that it does not rhyme, but it's not bullshit. <clears throat> hey, Spacewalker. Hmm. They were a thing on the ring. You can't change my mind. That's it. That's, that's, that's the haiku. haiku. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, that's that's all I got. Well, then how well, did you know, how did Bellamy and Echo become a thing? Because once you do Raven, although there's I guess, no going back. Well, I guess Bellamy. Well, well, but that was like Raven's decision. He was kind of just like, I'm here. Maybe like. I don't know. Maybe like Raven kind of saw that there was sparks. Maybe Raven no, was ew. over it. Maybe There's no Raven sparks. Was done. It just happened as a default. Let's not talk about it the other way. <laughs> Raven knew so that much. she couldn't stay stay in between these two roaring flames as they ew, were about to consume ew, each other. <laughs> ew! I hate you so much. No, I don't. I love you, but no. <laughs> um, I can't wait for Bacco Dead. And oh, I did have a comment that I wrote down. In the gazebo, when, you know, Echo's, like, building her story for Dioza, she goes, Echo took everything, or, not Echo, um, Octavia took, took everything from me. me, and there's, like, this pause moment. I'm like, she knows Becca's over, doesn't she? She knows. <laughs> and so I'm like, she's, like, the best actors pull from real stuff. Mm, mm, and so this, I thought that okay. she was pulling from, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with it, but I see what you're saying, and it's your right I mean, to but have like, that opinion. But, like, the thing is, the relationship came out of, like, not having other options. How can it survive on the ground now that there's, like, other Maybe that was the option people? that they were both waiting for. What? Each other. Like, they but finally... But that's true in, the, in real life, too. Most people have relationships because, like, they didn't feel like looking harder. Um, I mean, I try to, like, set up my Tinder to only give me people within, like, a one-block <laughs> radius. <laughs> Lazy Tinder, like, proximity Tinder. It's like, I don't even care that you're hot. I just don't want to have to put on a real You're shoes. there. Can we just, like, keep this from within the building? Like, I just want to, like, shuffle down the hallway in my gym jams. I mean, right, though? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Um, were we but, were we done with our thoughts of, of Sexy Allegis? Did you have anything I wanna, else, Shaggy? I want to uh, go back to the shaven thing okay. well i want to go you back my to, attention to that conversation between shaw and raven um so when this came up in episode three or whenever it was i believe it was episode three where um raven was like i have a better plan and and we didn't know what the plan was remember mm-hmm. we were like what was the plan it was just like let murphy go and then what so this episode when they talk about it um, Shaw says that letting Murphy go was kind of, you know, cost me a lot and bit me in the ass or whatever. So it seems like there was no other plan. There was no clever master plan or anything. It was just let Murphy go. Right? I guess. I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think, like, I also had questions about what the actual plan was. But I think last time when I was talking it through, it seemed like the plan was, yes, let Murphy go. Not to just let him go. It was for him to be able to get word to everyone else that they, the missile was going to be shot at them. That was like the big plan. Um, and I think we were all hoping that there was more to it, which, I mean, there might still be more, but at this point I really do think that that was... That was it. That was it. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. But I, I don't dislike Shaw and Raven. I think it's, like, finally after Wick was there for, like, two seconds, it's finally someone who, like, thinks on her level um, nerd-wise. Yeah. Although, like, I do love that Monty got to – oh, bonsai. <laughs> um, Monty got to, Is like, nerd humping? it up again. Yeah. Jesus, bonsai. 
He's like, at this point, he's like on his Fitbit trying to get his 50 steps, except his 50 humps or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, usually he does this much later, so you guys really like got so him he, going. He moved, he moved up his schedule he for did, us. Just for us. Thank Although you. we did like um, condition him um, a while ago to put, if we put on like really like dirty rap music, he'd get like into it. Oh. <laughs> and this is because every time he humped, we'd put the dirty rap music on. And so now as a result, Pavlovian. anytime you'd put... Yeah, exactly. Um, so you were actually about to bring up Monty, um, which which is sort of an, like Monty getting to be a nerd and sort of... Finally, after like... Thing. It's who he was from the beginning, you know, when he um, was trying to figure out the radios in season one. And after that, we kind of like... Raven sort of took that over, which was fine. But so much of who Monty was was that he was the farm station guy who got recruited from by engineering. Um, and so it's kind of weird that that kind of train was dropped off. And I wish that we saw him work with Raven more. And even now, even though he's making part of it and then Raven's do, Raven didn't even do the other side. Um, Echo's the one that put it in the computer. Um, I, I do wish there was more collaboration between the two. Um that actually sets us up perfectly to move into our well actuallys um, uh-huh. because Shaheen's well actually is actually about Monty. Oh. Um, do you, are you guys ready for that, or do yeah. you guys have a little bit more? Yeah, Shaheen? let's do it. All right, why don't you why don't you go with yours? I uh, yeah, just the. Did you notice the lock picking? He was just like, yeah, a lock is just a magnet, and so I'm just gonna use a magnet, and I was like. Yeah, but the magnet doesn't move unless you put in the right code. I thought that was the whole point of, like, yeah, we all know it's a magnet, but, like, there was no lock, basically. The doors, I don't know. Well, but if you, it's, with the code, it enacts the same magnet process, but with the code. So, by doing it just magnet, you're bypassing that. (laughs) Maybe. It, okay, like the people who made the lock didn't think about the people who made the lock didn't. I mean, didn't think about Monty. <laughs> I can open most doors with the Metro card, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, but that's like Metro cards. Like they're just amazing, like that. They're like the perfect thickness. Anyway, no, it's um, not the thickness. It's the it's the type of paper. It's like right, very. It's, res- it's like it's, it's rigid plasticky. enough to like flick the yeah. Anyways, anywho, um, free my, free um, rooftop. Access at all times. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Um, where did Maddie learn to fight? <laughs> this is a great question. Because we know from canon that Clark is a terrible fighter. Well, she beat Anya, sort of. Which is still also a well, actually. Well, but so is all of Octavia's fighting. <sighs> no, I think that Maddie was supposed to be a good fighter, uh, you know, as early as when Clark Yeah, arrived. but someone still needed like to, like... Clark- Maybe they just Clark and tried to kill Clark. Maybe they just sparred and sparred and sparred and sparred, and despite Clark's shitty efforts, Maddie got better. I no, guess? Maddie. Like I'm saying, I think she was already good when Clark arrived. Um, she she jumped on Clark and everything. I mean, she's a nightblood, and she was training to fight, um, like a flamekeeper no. scouts. I- I, I don't think she was training to fight them. I think that, like, she was taught to, like, sort of set traps and defend herself. But I don't think that that translates to sword play. 
I mean, she tried to kill Clark, remember? But not with a sword, like... With a dagger, or she had some It was an arbitrary knife. bear trap. No, but she also jumped on her and had some sort of knife or something. I take issue. Anyway. That's all. No, yeah. I, it is... It was weird. It's suspicious. Um, do we have any other other thoughts of 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 this episode? Um... I do think that, so when I was talking about how um, Octavia, I'm like, I don't think she's wrong. I do, but like, I still feel like the, the episode is kind of trying to say she's still, like trying to convince us that she's still in the wrong. I think that it's like tricking us into going along with something that's not true with them knowing that it's not true. And eventually it's going to like put it on its head. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, I know, I'm explaining this really poorly. Um, I think, like, with all the BTS stuff saying how, like, Octavia is the villain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I think that they also know that she's not actually the villain. And there's going to be some kind of, like, moment where that's made clear, I guess. I still don't think I'm explaining this correctly. But um, I think I understand what you're saying. I think the show's trying to confuse us. Yeah, we are going to think that she's... The villain, but she's not. Yeah. And all of the stuff about, like, um, look how bad she is and all of that. Yeah. you're saying, it doesn't really make sense. And I hate that Bellamy's We're just falling meant for to, like, trap. trick us into that. Because I don't yeah. like this, like, boneheaded Bellamy who doesn't know what's up. But, like, I guess that's what happens when you think with your penis and not your heart or your head. <laughs> Clark it. leaving. Bellamy, think with your dick. He's like... <laughs> Can She's like, fan. I meant the other head. <laughs> the other the head. Balls? Like, the dick doesn't think for itself, right? It would be the balls. God damn it, Shaheen. <laughs> it's damn a metaphor. It. Um, related to sort of that in terms of like... No, the sur- source of the thought would be the balls, I'm just saying. like, <laughs> It's still well, the Well, now brain. I'm curious. It, Why is the source the brain, of, of the thought the balls? Because that's where it all comes from. Like, that... That would be directing any thought that. So you're saying anyway, that the semen is the <laughs> is the driving force. Yeah, okay. I'm saying it's the part that feels good because it's a feedback loop. <laughs> good job, Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting getting re- well related to um, sort of things being surprising. I kind of really hope, and I know that I will get my dreams dashed, um, but this whole sort of break the cycle of of what they've been doing and the fact that this season has definitely been a bit of a reboot for the show, like, I kind of really am going to light like a sort of very cautious prayer candle that breaking the cycle also means that maybe not all of the quote unquote bad guys or antagonists, um, aka Allegis, might not die at the end of this season. I think um, that her baby is going to be raised by other people, but she'll die. But I, I like her, though, and I hope you're right. Like, because I feel like every single season, whoever the antagonist is, they predictably die. Like, Big Bad killed them at the end, like, every single time. And so, but these are, A, some of the best villains that we've had, and B, like, they're very complex and super, super gray. Um, and so part of me is like, maybe we'll break the cycle of killing the bad guys at the end of the season. I mean, I have always uh, hoped, I, I always wish that they let some people from the um enemy camp live like when they killed mount weather i hope that like I mean, somebody emerson, lived 
Emerson was the only person who lived, and I kind of hope that they just let Emerson live. I wanted and this Dante just... to live, and also Cage because he was hot, not that he deserved to live. <laughs> yeah, some people from those societies should be just like remnants, and like we know this legendary, like the last mount, the last mountain man, or whatever. Or it could be like five of them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of. I hope. Yeah, I. I would hope that they do that for that reason alone, regardless of breaking the cycle. But yeah, that makes sense. All right. Like well, I said, breaking the cycle should just be like fucking just talk to each other and just be like, hey. Well, I think that is what Bellamy is trying to do. But I don't think it's... I understand why Octavia doesn't see that as like an option because Dioza fucked them over. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess now that we are halfway through the season, we're, we're going to find out. And I still have no fucking idea where this season is going. Which is amazing. And as much as I'm like, fuck so much about the season, I have to say this is still like maybe the best season. Right? I'm so, a little like, furious. I just hope that that's clear because I, I get salty because I'm a salty person. <laughs> but this is like, this is a fan-fucking-tastic season. And they've done like such an excellent job. Are your... Are your mm-hmm. um, Salty qualms, like, getting better, Shaheen? Um, still kind of, I'm, I'm okay with this season, but definitely not. It's, it doesn't hold a candle to season two or three. Okay, okay. Um, but I do, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some total change of plot, like some twist right around next episode or... Next couple of episodes. I mean, that's normally how it's. I been. hear Balark is rising next episode. Oh, is that what you hear? Yeah. Is there Balark kissing the rain sunset? N- no, I, I don't. I don't think it's. <laughs> I always have to say, like Joe, this, we are not expecting that much. <laughs> we expect that they'll look at each other in a positive light. <laughs> oh, so that's, Balark shippers are are old gay shippers. Like, yeah, basically. Where we, where we yeah. would get nothing. Nothing except like one look, and you're like, "Fuck it, that's it." There, <laughs> this is it. This is what I'm taking from this whole show. It um, is the food that feeds a thousand fix. Yeah, delicious. Um, I mean, it's kind of more like when people were like, "Is Sherlock Holmes gay?" Is it the whole thing with what Watson? Is there a thing going on? That's kind of. I more think he's like, asexual. <laughs> was that a question though? That was a question. <laughs> um. All right. Since we've already drifted into other TV shows. Oh, no, wait. Speaking of asking the crowds, because this came up on Twitter. Oh. We want people to tell us what fic in the 100-verse has the most Oh, God, you're actually serious about this? So that we can give it an award. Yes. We want, like, a counted number of scenes But here's the thing. We need need a separate category for, like, AU versus canon. I mean, I think it's more important to separate between um, length. Because then it's, oh, I think it's like fic? fic divided by chapter. Okay, so like how many sex scenes versus how many chapters? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I think that's uh, fair. How right? many sex scenes per chapter? No, per per like it's given. Like, it's like a rate. Yeah, like frequency of sex scenes. Like you don't have to count it per chapter, but like let's say that a fic has forty chapters and twenty five of them. Like there are twenty five sex scenes, mm-hmm. um, we can figure out some percentages that way. I and guess. if that doesn't work, well, then we'll called, do by words. Yeah, because that's then the, per it chapter. Might be... So like, if you divide the whole the total number, but some chapter way, might yeah. have like ten sex sure. scenes. Yeah. it's just the average per chapter. Yeah. So you're yeah. gonna do the math on this, right, yeah. Shaheen? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I also feel like it's probably really... It's just really... like income per, per capita. It doesn't mean that anyone necessarily earns that much. It's just the average income. I'm excited anyway. for you. We should also probably put put this on Reddit as part of our... When we post the episode so that, yes. you know, so that there are some people on Reddit who would have some data. But here's I, the other thing that I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about Bilark fix, but I know in Klexifix, like... like Ignoring Raven for a second, like, if Octavia appears in the story, she and Clark tend to be pretty good friends. And I feel like that's probably pretty weird to read right now. Where you're like, well... Yeah, well, no, I mean, honestly, um, in Blark Fix, Raven and Clark are always friends, but, like, are they? I still feel the same way, where they're, like, they've had how many interactions and how many of those interactions have been positive. But, like, they're not, like, they're not fond of each other. They're, like, they somehow care. There's care there. And I feel like they want to be friends. But when it comes down to it, like, shit has gone down. And it's not the most, like, I think it's sisterly, where, like, you you don't have a sister. But if you did have a sister, I could tell you that, like, sometimes you fucking hate your sister. (laughs) And sometimes you're like, well, but she's my sister and someone was mean to her and I'm going to go fuck that person up right now. Um, so it's kind of, I think that's what it is. Um, okay. It, it's interesting. I guess we'll get some feedback from from our five listeners about <laughs> the smut. I like, no, I think that that's a great thing. They're like, wh- how do you see these relationships that are sometimes like not so well expressed on the show? Like, what is everyone's take on them? I would like to know that. Okay. Attention listeners. Um, let's wrap it up with TV shows to recommend. Um, Shaheen? So I've been uh, catching up on humans this past few days. Um, season three is coming out. And, you know, every you know, the last episode came out on Thursday. And it's um, a really good season? So yesterday. It's awesome. I mean, Is it better show, than the first two seasons? Um, I mean, the season one, that first five you know, the batch of five episodes uh, from the beginning of season one will probably always remain my favorite. Interesting. Uh, okay. Batch of episodes in humans. But um, but this show has not dropped in quality at all. Good. And I love all the characters and I'm still interested in everything that happens to them. And um, it's the best um, sort of depiction or representation of the of the concept of agency and all the discussions about agency um that i've ever seen um and right now it's like it's in the middle of season three and i'm sad and i'm mad and I'm rattled <laughs> and i'm i'm just i'm confused and i'm shocked and i'm and I'm, it's like the writers ripped my heart out and so like the hundred season three openly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like that. Yeah. So I'm glad to know that that the, that the show is still really good. Like I try to push this on people being like, yeah, I know that you love Westworld. I know that Westworld looks amazing and there are some really good episodes and that sort of stuff. But like, if you want, like it's, it's, it's all like beautiful set and costume and money. Like the reason why people like Westworld is the fucking money that they can put behind it. Masturbatory. And like humans is telling a better story with better characters that like have more nuance with like literally a $20 budget for colored contact lenses. Like that's it. (laughs) That's the special effects. And like maybe like a little bit of like, um, creepy children. Yeah, a couple of creepy kids and like some like blue goo to pretend that's blood. But other than that, like it's a it's a better show. 
And yeah. yeah. No, humans is a whole other thing. It's pretty cool. I like it. Um, and I can't wait to pot on it. Yes, this summer. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm also, I've also been watching Silicon Valley um, season five. It's, it's all right. I mean, it's still funny. It still makes me laugh. And I like the, how up to date they are with all the uh, tech. Uh, but it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's been five seasons and the plot hasn't changed at all since like season one. This is, they're the same thing, doing the same thing. Um, the, you know, that they were doing. So it, it's kind of getting repetitive. I don't know if this is going to stop this season, but it's still cool. It's funny. All right. Um, I've never watched it, um, but okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Silicon Valley. Um, Bubs, you have Queen of the South listed. Yeah. So I did see this on Tumblr a lot. Um, apparently there's a ship on the show that people really like, which I'm not there yet. I just started this. I think I'm like episode four. Um, but so this is about this girl from Sinaloa, Mexico, who gets um, picked up by this guy who is in a drug cartel. Like his godfather is like the head guy of this drug cartel. Um, and I at first I was like, I'm going to hate this. But my coworker was like all about it. And like I had seen people talking about it online. I'm like, oh, OK, fine. I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> um, and it actually... She just has so much spirit and all this shitty stuff happens to her. And there's some like scenes that are really hard to watch. Like when she decides to, she'd rather be a drug mule than a prostitute example. Um, And you have to watch her swallow all these little bags of drugs. Jesus Christ. And it's like, as someone who with a very like sensitive gag reflex, I was like, no, I'd rather (laughs) just like, I'd rather just be shot. (laughs) Um, so you kind of like re- really respect this character. And I think so it's it's a very like man's world of being like a drug cartel, but it, it focuses on like the women in it. Um, she's like one of them. And then um, who she kind of comes be- get, becomes close to is the wife of this drug cartel guy. Um, is that the ship? Are they going to bang? <laughs> um, I don't think it's the ship, but like I'm I could see it. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, let me know if shit gets gay, and I might check it out. Okay, it's not it's not gay yet, but I will let you know. Okay, if anything gay happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything new to if recommend. Gay, so. um, I'm still gonna push Killing Eve on people and The Expanse. Um, this last episode of The Expanse this season was fucking. Am- I mean, the, every Dude, single episode what the this heck season is happening. Is Wait, what? What the heck is happening? I haven't watched the last Expanse. episode. No spoilers. Okay. Well, I was flying. Who the fuck knows? Is basically the the answer to that, Bubs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like I will say um shit, what is what is her name on the show? Um I can think of her name in real life. Um Drummer. Drummer. Fucking drummer killed me this episode. Um I love her so much. Yeah. 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 You agree, Shaheen? I like her accent. Sorry, what? That drummer was amazing this past episode. Yeah, she she's pretty I, I didn't like her before. Uh, when she was um, second to um, Fred, whoever I like her Johnson. grumpiness. But uh, but yeah, I was I'm liking her now. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's an excellent fucking just great sci-fi. Um, with I'm the, getting kind of um, Battlestar Galactica vibes from The Expanse. Hmm. Just like especially this season, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. But next week is the two-hour season finale. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. So. 
Anyone who hasn't seen The Expanse, um, A, we have podcasts covering the first two seasons. Um, push through the first season because it's a little slow. Um, and then listen to our podcast and then catch up on season three and mm-hmm. watch the finale next week. And if you don't like Mel- Miller's storyline, me neither, but I still love the fucking show. So. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't let, don't let Miller ruin it for you. Um, <laughs> anything else, you guys? Crickets? Is Bonsai done humping? It, it sounds silent. Yeah, he's, he's Dude, how culminated he, his experiment. I feel experience. like Bonsai is a uh, very vigorous and um, generous <laughs> lover. Like, I'm pretty sure I heard that Teletubby like five oh times. Oh my god, yeah. It's... Shaheen will be able to give us the official count while he edits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that has to go in the notes. <laughs> Bonsai hump Six count. Teletubby counts. Um, um, I right. do, what, yeah, what... Oh, I guess this is, like, I I hate that I have so many, like, mean echo things to say. So this is, like, not meant to be a mean one. But I do think that, like, we're going to see more of, like, you can't change on vacation. And so it's – I don't think that she's not going to pull through. I just mean that we're going to see her struggle with the fact that she didn't actually change. And now it's up to her to choose who she is. And that's like her journey on the ground. Okay, I'm I'm curious as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, more echo, more nonsense, um, more salt from Bubs. Hopefully next week. Yeah, we're not on a <laughs> well, break next week. You wanted me to write like a, a positive poem, but I don't. I don't know if I do write positive poems. I think I just no. Write I think that they're all really salty. <laughs> they're just salty or filthy. Yeah. Yeah. I could try to go for the filthy angle. We'll see. Yeah, next time some more filth, because clearly we're just going to have poets. salty poems, go to bubs. Yeah. Oh, when are you going to start writing some poems, Shaheen? Yeah, you can write, like, the flowery ones, and I'll write the salty ones. (laughs) I used to write poetry. I I, I told bubs about this. I used to write poetry, but um, I don't know. I just kind of, I mean, it's all in Persian anyway, so you guys. I think you should still read it. Nobody else is doing Persian poems on their pod. It could be a differentiating. And, and you would tactic. like Persian poetry, Bobs, because you you have to have rhymes, and you have there to follow go. very strict um, syllable rules. Well, I'm very like Dr. Seuss about it. Iambic pentameter, nothing. Um. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not we're not getting into an an education of Shakespearean. Um, sonnets or whatever. And I wouldn't uh, know much to say about it if I. <laughs> Um, all right. So join us next week, I guess. I don't know. Um, until then, if you must, I mean, it's fine if you don't want to, whatever. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys another day. May we geek again. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye.